and welcome to the one one. I'm BJ Ryan. Episode one hundred and twelve is sponsored by Betfair. Don't bet harder, bet smarter at Betfair. We are back in one one HQ. I'm alongside the one and only Perth Racing Guru, Terry Layton. Hello, Terry. Hello, BJ. How are you? Good, good. We've got a special guest with us this morning as well. You do. You do. Probably his what fifth time, sixth time. He's a veteran. You get about, about one in one in fifteen, I reckon. One in twenty. Lucky Taylor, welcome back to the 1-1. Thank you very much. How are we? Very well. Very well, Lachlan. How did you go with the 12 races yesterday? Battled. Yeah. I was, yeah. What were you doing? Yard, obviously? Yeah. Yep. I was on fumes after. Yeah. What time did you get there? Race three. Uh, first was about 11.30 and I was there an hour before the first. <clears throat> How are the hoops? Like some of the hoops, I think Clint had 11, 10, 11 of the 12. Yeah, it's a lot um, of rides. Yeah. How, would you, do you actually know if they were cooked towards the end of it? Because I remember back in the day... I can't remember what jockey it was. It was an apprentice jockey, and it was about a sixth, seventh ride. And um, the owners asked her, like, what happened? It looked like you didn't really ride that out to the line. She said, I was cooked. Mm. I was buggered. Like, I can't remember which horse it was. It would have been a far better story. I'm not sure, that. but I'd they- say for someone like Clint, he would be fine because he's naturally light. But mm-hmm. those jockeys that maybe had to ride 54 or 54 and a half and had to do it a little bit hard to get there, I think they would have struggled a little bit later mm. 100%. Yeah. The uh, it's a it's a, you're right though. So it's the sort of thing you never really consider. Like no. you got to make weight. You got to know all the horses. You got to know all the opposition. Then you got to handle the the horse obviously and, and do your job. And yeah, you just get dizzy going around. What do you have? Eleven rides yesterday. Clint. Yeah, something like that. Wow. It's just got to take the shortest way home. On occasion, <laughs> don't you? And not expend too much energy in the run. Yeah, CJP's good at that too. Um, now, Terry and I ventured to Yarradale Stud for the second event of the Own the Dream WA competition. Terry, what were you, it was your Own the Dream debut. Mm. What did you think? Oh, it was a cracking day. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, educational. I don't, we popped into the, uh, what, what do you call it? Were they? The uh, breeding barn. The breeding barn. Yeah. That's pretty self-explanatory now I think about it. Um, but yeah, yeah the, actual, the, the actual breeding barn yeah, where the, the magic happened. Yeah. Some of the, the des- bedroom. descriptive words, the bedroom and uh, the explanation of that side of things, which I knew very little about. Uh, as Lockie's probably fully aware, I'm, uh, I'm very much into the punting side of things and not the actual analysing of a, a horse themselves like a couple of our mm-hmm. uh, mastermind contestants, a bit of spoiler for later. Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, it was a great day out there. Uh, well, very well run, I yes, think. very professional. Um, what, did, what did your old man think about the bus not driving us all the way to the, <laughs> the front door? So Bernie Senior was a little bit flat that um, the bus didn't go the extra 200 metres to uh, – to drop him up top, but uh, perhaps next week he can wear shorts on a, on a forty degree day like for old cups, uh, cups Ryan, and uh, he might need to pay um, Brad Shepherd's uh, uh, bill for the what do you to get your ears checked? The, uh, audiologist, yeah, the audiologist. Uh, he had uh, Brad Shepherd teed up for the day, but no, it was a cracking day, and uh, looking forward to the next event. Yeah, we're up at Yarradale Stud, pretty. Unreal property. You've been up there? Like no, I haven't. It's, but I was looking at the social media throughout the day and was thinking I was missing out. Yeah, it was very, very unreal. Was that when you saw my head? <laughs> <laughs> then I was realised, oh, I did miss out. <laughs> very impressive property. Uh, you're right, the event is just very professional. They tick all the boxes, the guys there at, at Own the Dream and guys and, and girls. And um, Brittany, of course, did a tremendous job, as does Brad Shepherd, Alana McLean and Davey Han. Hand ready, hand ready. From Yarradale study was a bit of humour on the mic actually. So, <laughs> but it was interesting. The um, 
what, what do you think of the role of the fluffer pony? Do you think that's uh, do you think that's a good gig to have? Professional flirt. You've drawn the short straw. I'd suspect if that's uh, where you end up. But uh, no, it was good and um, just yeah, just as I said, dude. Got on the coach, went all the way to Yarradale, brought us back. Everything ran smoothly and uh, onwards and upwards towards the Pinjarra Race Day event this Sunday for the uh, the Breeders Classic feature day there. It's a it's a Bunbury meeting, Bunbury Turk Club meeting at Pinjarra. So looking forward to getting back out to the Peel region and enjoying some thoroughbred racing from mm. event number three. I haven't done a deep dive of the race, but it looks like it might be the tricks of the trade benefit. Some of those only six or seven. Repeat that performance. By the yeah. looks of things, yeah. Mm. yeah. Set weights and penalties. <laughs> yeah, you'd be lucky thrown to, in. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? Lucky to go anywhere near even money. So we're, uh, we've been sort of tabling this discussion for a while. It's the 2022 WA Racing wish list. So this is more of a conversation starter. After the show, we'll be putting up on Twitter just for the our listeners to send their ideas through. I've... When, since we've been raising it on the show, I've been getting some texts and messages and just with people with suggestions. But I think there's a lot of smart, uh, you know, interested people who are passionate about W Racing who have some suggestions that can help improve the game, whether it's the small things, whether it's the big things, uh, whatever it is. And um, we're looking forward to getting input from our listeners and the WA Racing public because, um, you know, while we, we get on here and talk about try and find winners and and we interview the participants we're, we're really deeply involved in trying to help w racing be be better and um being full-time participants in the game like all three of us i think we can add something to that and our listeners can add something to that as well because i guess we're the we're the customers of um that are most directly affected so um wa racing in uh, wish list for 2022 our guest lucky tail i'm sure you've been doing a bit of this sort of um, discussion on the various platforms that you're on, whether it be Tab Radio or Unhinged or on your Sunday morning programs and things like that, and always in the wash up after a carnival or we move into a new year, these discussions always always come about. How can we do things better? So, like, what what are your you're at the coalface of of the game. You're there day in day out. Not only are you interviewing people and you're actually on course, but you work in a stable as well. So you're you've got you can look at the game through a variety of lenses, whether yeah. it's through your media, whether it's through um, what Brittany does, whether it's through what your dad does, whether it's through the people that you speak to, or just your personal experiences on race day. What are what are some of the things that what give us your first item that you'd like to just on your wish list that you'd like to discuss? Well, I have five items in no particular order, and we. You and I, BJ, have spoke about different things throughout probably the last two years of things that we'd like to see changed or improved, but these are just five little things that I thought about the last couple of weeks. Number one, I'd love for readily available head-on vision to be on the Chris website. Right next to the race replay where you click on every race replay, have the head-on vision. It's 2022. I don't think it's good enough that we don't have readily available head-on vision you for, have to search at the moment for every the single trainer race. interviews and then find it through chris and it's exactly which that then means that you can only actually see the head-ons for belmont and ascot where interviews are conducted yeah are there head-ons for do they have the head-on footage they'd have to the stewards would have to exactly. country meetings yep so that that footage would be there and and yeah it can't be all that difficult i mean obviously a lot of other systems work really well. Obviously, you can watch a trial readily whenever you want to. There's no yep. issues whatsoever. So that was a joke, by the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, hundred percent. That is, uh, yeah, that's a, 
It's a very so good point. In the in the project that I do with Vincicardi Daly sectionals, I get access to all the stewards' vision um, for all the different tracks, and that was on my list as well. Like, even if you go to racing.com, they have a, yeah, they have exactly. a stewards patrol film as well, where they mm-hmm. that, where they do different edits from the different towers. Or if the, you watch Hong Kong on a on a Wednesday night, yeah. they have the same thing. They show the race replay and then they show the Shields Patrol. Yeah. And from a punting point of view, one of the greatest uh, aspects, if you've got that vision, is I personally find if you can find a hard luck story or, or something that's occurred in a race and that doesn't appear in the Shields report, things are always going to be missed from the Shields report. Yeah. Straight away, you've got a leg up on the potential price you're going to get about that horse next up. So it's a great tool as a punter to have that vision. Okay. Number two, go through your five. Okay. Yeah. Number two, I'd love to see the introduction or at least start the talk of a pop-up or a slot holders race. I think it's been- Like the Everest? Yep. Okay. I think it's been too long. Are you funding it? If I had the money, I definitely <laughs> would. <laughs> Brittany will be. <laughs> <laughs> no, she just bought a house actually, so she's yeah, her and Kate on a budget. Um, no, I just think we've seen the formula over east and see how well it does work and I know that Racing New South Wales has an absolute gold mine that we don't have but I just think the success of it is just far too great to not try implement and copy a similar type of event. Yeah, hunt for a sponsor, someone. Yeah. You can get your name attached to something like that. I'm sure there is the um, – there is – well, it's, there's some worth in it um, for doing it as a sponsor but that would be great. What, where, what would you, where would you run it? And what sort of race would it be? I don't want any of the group ones to be impacted. Mm -hmm. I'm happy to be a traditionalist in that sense. I think in the autumn, ideally, the Belmont Sprint over 1,400 metres would become our Mm -hmm. slot holders race. So you have your Roma Cup as the lead-in. I don't want to touch the Roma Cup either. Um, And I think the 1,400 metres is just the perfect distance in the sense that we don't have a big 1,400 metre race. There's not many big 1400 meter races in australia mm-hmm. and corfield seems to have nine of them but that's about it <laughs> yeah and then you obviously get your sprinters coming up from 1200 and then your railway horses and kingston town horses resuming even a, a guineas horse might be first or second up into a race like that and the flow on effect from that is as well you, you might get um, you keep horses in wa yeah exactly right and the eastern staters that, that do come across they'll probably come across with a roma cup as well they might save it for the high period well, afterwards exactly well. so the, the next thing you know you haven't got them there for one meeting you've got them there for over a period of weeks and they, they're bringing a few with them and there's far more interest that, and intrigue that, so. that's an interesting race series as well there's a lot mm. of things that we can do with that but when you when you've got a horse, say I work with Steve Wolf, so we've got a horse like Red Cam Man. What do you do with him between now and the summer carnival? What do you do with a horse like Comfort Me? He's 103 rated now. Exactly. What do you do with a horse like Kissing All Four Cheeks? Do you know what I mean? Like, so do they have to sit out until next spring? So there needs to be a way of the from the northern sprint through to the Strickland Stakes. Those races either have to be worth more or there needs to be one big race, whether it's a slot holder race or a half a million dollar race or something. To entice or, people to or a bonus Or a bonus system attached yep. to that right to that series so that they've got somewhere to go and they only need to either win one or run second in one and they're sweet until the, from a money point of view until the um, spring summer rolls around. But it, like we're, these horses go right up in the ratings and it's just like, well, they can't go around in listed handicaps because they're 90 pluses. So exactly, yeah, but they can, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So the options need to be there. There needs to be a sprinkling of options during that period, whether it's um, from the 1100 to the 2000, 
increase the prize money, whether it's a slot race, something like that, just to make sure that, you know, Steve sent uh, Red Cam Man to Dave Bridio last year to test the waters and he was effectively racing in sort of group threes and group twos. He ran into group one, but he could have stayed here and raced for a big money series during that that period of time. And, you know, we keep a Red Cam Man, we keep a labor rod, we keep those horses here rather than the expenditure of having them go east. Couldn't agree more. Lock, what's next? Number three. I know it's hard again, but it's increased the prize money of our three group ones, in particularly our railway stakes. stakes. Growing up, the railway stakes was always the biggest race in our state and I think it's been lost to an extent. It's nearing 20 years that the railway stakes has been worth a million dollars. During that long? I think during the 2000s, that's when it was announced that it was going to be our first million-dollar race or after, obviously, there was that race in the 80s or 90s. Yeah, the Australasian. Yep. Um, And since then, the prize money hasn't increased whatsoever. Looking at the East Coast and comparing prize money, a million-dollar race is is insignificant. Like it's not – For the jewel in the crown. Exactly. For what is our pinnacle of WA racing – I think it needs an injection, whether it's to 1.5 in an ideal world. Probably double in an ideal world, really. Exactly. At least. It's, it's a proper, it's not just put up to 1.2, 1.3. It's a, proper, yeah. it's a proper whack on because it should have been incremental. This is actually the biggest thing I wanted to bring up, um, that the railway needs to be worth more. Um, it's it's not been going incrementally up uh, every year and that's probably yeah. – I'm with you, I'm with you, that with you on that, Terry. I think even r- feature races well, – Doesn't the Melbourne Cup go up like a couple hundred theirs and every year even, or something, something even, of that nature in a couple of years? People might think it's insignificant you go up a small amount every year, but over five years all of a sudden if you go up 100,000 every year, that's another – 500,000 on the well, stake. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like the Calgary Cup for argument's sake. When I I went to the Calgary Cup, I think it was 1996 to the round, and Powerful Prince won it, and I'm pretty sure it was a $100,000 cup then. Metro stake money in at that period of time was 25000 for a set day. So the Calgary Cup was worth four times a Metro stake. This year, I think the Calgary Cup's been made 150, but prior to that, it's only been like 120, and Metro stake's been 70. So with those with those features, if they just went up a little bit over over time, it would they would be very rich races. It actually doesn't make sense when the price of everything that an owner or a trainer has to put into their business has to put into training horses Go has down. increased obviously with inflation throughout the years, and yet our big races don't seem to increase. But in saying that, I think what we do at the bottom level is outstanding yeah, yeah we had a couple of horses go to Geraldton and run second and i couldn't believe that it was a you got five grand i think for running second at Geraldton. the race was awful i thought that was unreal prize money and, and the west speed and setup is exactly good, yeah. west speed you're racing for eighty thousand on a saturday now i think that's really really good but what we now need to do is bite the bullet and increase the the prize money of our group ones when they need to they need to stand above everything else had they have to have a wow factor to them though exactly features, yeah what else have we got? Number four was I'd love to see greater coverage of WA racing on mainstream media. I feel at the moment if you have friends that are a long way outside of racing, they essentially are of the belief that racing exists for one, two, maybe three months of the year and we have our Ascot Carnival and they literally think that after the Melbourne Cup, you have the big races in Melbourne, we come to Perth and – they think that's all we yeah. do. They have horse racing. What do you do the rest of the year? They have no the idea months. that you can go to Broome for the round. You can go to Cal for the round. And we've all been and 
how fun is it? It's mm. some of the most fun you'll ever have. And I feel like we need to do more and, and get those stories and just make more people aware that we have racing all year round. And I think we'd be much better off for it. Brittany, your, your sister Brittany raised this last Sunday when we were talking to her yep. about uh, finding a way that we can merge the racing in the feature racing in the regional centres on a main on, on like freeware TV and and newspapers and all that sort of stuff with tourism WA mm-hmm. showcase showcase the people and the places your brooms your Kalgoorlies your Esperances your Albanies all that sort of stuff Geraldton's and then bring the people in the interesting characters in, of the local scene, the champions of the local scene, the history of the game in those regions, while also highlighting the tourism opportunities and the, you know, and the, the fact that that it's that the synergies between thoroughbred horse racing, and tourism the town. and the town. Yeah. And, um, and then bring that to people. And it also helps increase the, the yeah. fact that racing is not just all about gambling, you know what I mean? Like mm. there's these, a lot of these regional centres, they're, the the racing is the heartbeat of their of their towns and i don't think you're going to attract outside of racing people with gambling propaganda it needs to be stories it needs to be what you can do elsewhere in the town the horses the people the towns yeah yeah um yeah i'd love to see that happen this year yeah i i agree do we know anyone to be Good for that role. <laughs> well, like even like someone like a, a Paddy Sweeney, he loves his racing yeah. with yeah. Channel Nine. I, I'm sure he'd he'd love to do more stories well, about I know it. But it's just Steve, the, Steve Butler does a good job of the written stuff. He does good features in the West. Exactly, so, but he's, just, he's got platforms on. He's on. Uh, no, he's on Nova in the mornings, yeah. isn't he? So first, it'd be good too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Justin. Yeah, <laughs> my man. <laughs> and my fifth and final point, and as I said before. I think of things all the time and these are just the five I thought of in the last couple of weeks. I really want Perth Racing and probably Rawa as well to combine with stating to everyone in the racing industry a clear vision of Belmont Park and what on earth is happening. Yeah, that was number one on my list. It's been too long and, and whether it's the introduction of lights or not, I don't really care to be honest. I think we still need to do a little bit more research as to what impact lights would have on our racing and where our turnover comes from. Is it Asia where they're punting on Hong Kong at the same time or is it East Coast where they're sleeping? So then in that sense, putting lights in wouldn't be worth, should be a pretty worth easy it at Belmont thing, Park. It should be a pretty easy thing to figure out. Exactly. So I just want to want to see a clear vision and some facts to back up what they're doing. So you, you were there for half a day yesterday Yep, at Belmont. We, how often do you go to Belmont? Like three, four times a year, five times a year? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and what, you have to go there week in, week out, day in, day out. What, what's it like? Honestly, like the the it's for me, for me, it's every time I drive past it, it's just my heart sinks. It's a tragedy, mm-hmm. really, of what how that has all un, unfolded from an industry point of view. How much traffic do we get up and down the Farmer Freeway every day? And that's that's the shop front. Of the West Australian thoroughbred racing industry, mm. that the venue, whether they like to admit it or not, that's what they, yeah. they don't see Ascot. No, they see um, Belmont Park, and it's like, well, is that? It's sort of, is it symbolic of where we're at? I don't know. Like it just, but we need to. What you said, we need to have a clear roadmap moving forward. Is okay. This is what this is what we're going to be trying to do. This is, might not be what is going to happen, but this is we we are chips in. This is what we are hoping to do in twenty twenty two. 
And for me, that starts with a more collaborative approach between racing wagering WA and Perth racing. And obviously there's been some historical resentment between the two bodies, which has impacted the ability for a united front when we approach government. But our only way out of the Belmont Park situation is with, uh, is, a, is, a, is a we go to the government, racing wagering WA and Perth racing, and we do a joint venture to- And even if yeah. that is the plan, come out and exactly. say that. Exactly. I think people are getting so frustrated that there just isn't a plan. If the plan is to go to the government and seek funds and it so happens to be that you get rejected, everyone will be understanding of that. You go, okay, well, and then you, and they then, tried and then you need to come up with another plan. And you keep attacking. Exactly. Yeah. But it just feels like we've just been waiting for like for the industry to win the lotto or something like that. Do you yep. know what I mean? It's, it's bizarre. The, and everything that they've done is just frustrated people, whether it's putting that pipeline through into the centre of the track, which created problems with the, the, the track and has impacted horses it's, it was a disaster you know the trench and then they Terry's put, still blaming the, his form slump through uh, the middle of 2020 because then, of the trench 100 then the, <laughs> the stalls got moved to the other end of the track there must, must be another trench at the moment <laughs> which created a lot of problems with transport and dropping horses off and it's just it everything just seems to be cobbled together and there's no clear clear vision and when you know the perth racing representatives get on tab radio and they sort of speak it's this there's a lot of words, but there's not there's not a lot of follow up or a lot of action into it. So I think a clear Perth Racing and Race Racing Radio WA with their two new um, I guess managers. You've got the new CEO at Rawa and the new um, secretary or whatever his position is, the CEO at Perth Racing. They need to come together, you know, I'd put out a statement. This is what we want to do with Belmont Park because this is everything for for us racing people. If they get that right, especially when you just look across the other side of the road and mm. you've got, got that right. They've got they got that right. You know, so it, it there's a there's a there's a vision across the road of what of uh, what this the precinct could look like. Now it's up for us up to us to get our to get our area of that precinct up to scratch and make it, it could be it could be pumping there at Belmont Park. Hundred percent. All right. I think that's the big ticket item for twenty twenty two. And it's not even about um, getting anything done per se, it's about creating a map, uh, creating a pathway. Have some confidence in yeah. the pathway, but who's yeah. trying to get it done as well. Terry, what have you got? Have you got anything from a wagering point of view? Yeah, I left that alone thinking Yeah, I, you I might. thought this was your, your wheelhouse. What? Oh, you're, a, you're a professional punter and you, this, is your, this, is your, this is your living. Well, they've brought in the minimum bet laws in Western Australia now, so that's sort of a... And what impact, so explain what impact that has had on you. Well, so uh, the minimum bet laws, for, for those that are unaware, basically means on race day... Um, for all of the accounts, so uh, for, for those that are aware, your accounts can get um, sort of limited cutoff type things. So if I want to have a bet on, say, Bet365 on a Saturday race, I'll be able to have $2 on the horse. That's, that's all they'll allow type thing. But on race day at 9 a.m., they have to bet you. That's every single account. That's your um, sports bet, Ladbrokes, points bet, Neds, et cetera, et cetera. There's about 16, 17. Oh, there's probably more of them these days always popping up. They have to bet you to win uh, a live ability of $2,000 uh, for a city meeting or $1,000 for a country meeting, um, which does allow um, fixed price wagering earlier. People are going to say, well, perhaps they should, um, those laws should come in um, beforehand as soon as you release a market and then maybe markets don't come up till the morning. But I think it's a good start um, in that sense. I'm not, um, yeah, I'm actually not going to 
have too much of a dig at them in that sense. I feel like that's a reasonably uh, that's a reasonably uh, a good push. Um, but most of most of my stuff was more just uh, around notice. Um, like as punters, I and mean, it's it's not just as punters. It's it's about as industry participants. I just think about it as a punter, obviously. Um, but I just feel like there's a lot of things that are decided on race day or or whatnot that that could be just just sorted out beforehand. Obviously, when we have abandoned meetings and that the meeting at Narrage in a few weeks goes an obvious sort of situation that there should be something in place where we sort of know the day before or at worst of at five in the morning that morning that it's going to be called off or whatnot with the heat as well. I mean, and meetings have been called off on the day. Like we, we know the forecast a day or two out. Let's have let's have a more direct protocol if it's going to be 38.5 and above when race one's going to be and we know that 36 hours out we called off. Fair enough on the day. We get, we, wow, we, it's two degrees wrong, hotter and it's yeah, wrong. Yep, yeah, then we're going to have to call it off on the day that's occurred. But just a little bit more, more notice and, and make alternate arrangements as well. I mean, last Saturday, what a great opportunity that would have been once we knew it was going to be 40, which was probably sort of a week out. What a great opportunity for someone else to host it for mm. Pinjara or even um, Esperance had a main day. And Esperance could have really promoted a big day even if we didn't and we left it on the Monday and we pushed it to the Monday. Esperance could have pushed that day and, and made that a real special day down there at Esperance as well. So um, so mo mostly for me it's just about notice. It's just we sort of wait and give everything till the last minute when nothing can change in that sense. Um, even things like dual nominations, you got horses in for Saturdays and Sundays. They scratch on, uh, they run on the Saturday, they're obviously going to come out on the Sunday. Uh, so from a punting point of view, like we, we just see them sitting there and we're like, well, I have a bet in this race, but I, I, I can't really have a bet. It's almost that. like there should be an immediate trigger that once yeah. the horse crosses the line, they should be ruled out of the market for the race the following day. Exactly right. Unless you have, I mean, there have, there has been rare occasions. Can you? Um, who was the I horse? Actually don't no, who was the can horse you race? Up? Yeah, yeah. You uh, can race the next day. Kersley, stake, ran Still? a place the following day in a, you know the one, a stayer. Capo. Was it Capo? Uh, Capo Doro. I don't know if it was Capo Doro. But it was a stayer when the following day, I think it ran a hole the following day as well. Michael so. Hayden will know this. Yeah. Well, they backed up on yeah. 24 hours. So it can occur, but I think you just need to maybe just let them know, like, we're actually a chance of backing up here because I don't think many of these horses are backing up off the off the 24 All hours. All it takes so. is a little cadet steward to go ask the trainer, do exactly you know right. if this horse is going to back up? A 99 times out of the 100, the trainer will say no. Exactly right. Do you, it's, for me, it's just it's just about it's just about notice for everything as well. Do you think there should be a time when markets are released? Uh, I, I'd be a big fan. I'd be a big fan of all markets being released when Minimum Bettler was kicking in, yeah, at 9am. So, so how do you... It'd be a free, it'd be an absolute wild ride at 9am. Yeah. I'd have to like, yeah, it'd be, it'd be a free for all. So, so it'd be exciting because you'd see, because yeah, it, it just, it's so funny. Like at the moment there's somebody, so what happens at the moment is 365 goes up. Everybody is cut off 365. So nobody really moves those, right? Green tab then goes up, New South, Wales, New South Wales then yeah. go up, right? Somebody in the last couple of weeks has started betting as soon as Green Tab goes up. So Green Tab usually sports bet and everyone else, as soon as sports bet go up, they all follow sports bet, okay? But that's usually five minutes later, an hour later, two hours later. It, it varies, but it's usually after Green Tab and a, and a good portion of time. Somebody at the moment is has obviously got a marked Green Tab account and any real obvious ones, like yesterday, I think it was like, Mosquito went up six, seven bucks and they backed it straight into $4. And it's just, do you know those, those obvious ones where you probably only have to do sort of 10 minutes for them. You just know it's sort of the wrong price type thing. They're getting knocked off and then everyone else is just following them with those knocked prices. So look, from a punny, that, that's also just me 
whinging because it's 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 hard to watch and you're you're just a little bit disappointed by whoever's doing that on on one account. But um, yeah, I'd love the idea that I, I still I've never ever liked the idea that you can say to to Joe over there, oh yeah, mate, you're you're a dog shit at this. You can come and have as much as you want. You can do thousands this week, and and then the next play, oh no, you got half an idea. I'm not going. How, how I understand you've, it's a business and you've got to try and make money, but that just doesn't seem right that you can take bets. Like it's like reverse Robin Hood. Like you can't just take bets from people that have very little idea and go, hey, and you've got some idea. Like I've got mates who aren't. Very good, very. But they've been cut off. Oh, they've got some. They're, they're showing some now. So some, some. Uh, it's usually a pension to mainly just take the early prices. Yeah. But people, people love jumping and taking the early prices. So, um, yeah. I, I think in that sense, something's majorly has to change. But that's just not WA. That's that's Australia wide. So I'm just curious how you run your business in a, in the way that. So you're, do you have to just sit by your laptop refreshing waiting for markets to come Well, out? country racing is probably the best one to, to discuss. So there's one I wanted to back. It's um, where are they racing today, Lockie? Jesus Christ. Uh, Geraldton, yeah. Geraldton today. Yeah. There's one I wanted to back at Geraldton today. And um, I look at the opening price and, and it's it's a healthy, and it was always going to be a healthy double-figure price. I don't look again until 9 a.m. I just hope when I click back all, I click back on it sort of 8.50. I load up my 16 tabs across the screen. I put the bet in all 16 tabs to win what I know the minimum bet law is. The moment it hits 9.00, I start hitting confirm. Mm -hmm. That price goes before. It's just it's just bad luck, basically. So that's that's basically how I run the business for country racing in, in that sense, I to wait till it's like a sweatshop with one person. <laughs> <laughs> it is, and I'll tell you what, I've just signed up this morning. I signed up to, I was actually just telling you, can't, before, you, get, so can't you get dynamic odds to do that this? for you? How's this? I'll give you this. So, at and I'm just going to name as well 7.56 this morning, I signed up to Moneyball. All right, I thought, why not? I just had another great movie, Buffer. <laughs> it's a cracker. It's funny when I googled them, that's what came up as well. Usually, yeah, that's how big they are. So, at 7.56 a.m. This is the email I got. Welcome to Moneyball, home of the always boosted multi, etc., etc. That's at 7:56 a.m. Good start, strong. 9:15 a.m. <laughs> We're writing to let you know that we've made an update to your account concerning your account's eligibility. Uh, as a result, your account will no longer be eligible for etc., etc., etc. So I lasted 81 minutes uh, with Moneyball. Um, yeah, so it's just – I'm sure they all share details and whatnot and um, – so share, share a database, just, yeah. I just can't see how it's not more um, – oh, how it's not more regulated, I guess. It's just so – it's so in your face. Like if, if you – It's a bit like a casino. The house always yeah. wins. So, yeah. so my, I guess the thing I'd say is the NBLs probably should kick in as soon as you put your markets up and then everyone might start putting their markets up on the morning of the race. Mm. So like Bet365, as I said, the markets don't move anymore because anybody that had a 365 account gets cut off that quickly. It's not even like it's actually just a fake website now. So, yeah, that, that'd be the thing. I think as soon as your odds go up, MBL should kick in. But, yeah, that's a, that's an Australia-wide thing, not just WA. Uh, anything else? No. Trials. Fix your trials. Come on. Trial vision? <laughs> just fix the trial vision. While we're on the trials, can we fix the trial colours situation? It annoys me tremendously. Jockeys, some jockeys, some jockeys have a like, better camera for the Lark Hill one. I want to yeah. see because half the thing I, I watch in trials sometimes, I'll just watch the first That's 10 metres because I just want to, because with my speed maps, are, as you know, one of my biggest things, I, I can't see how well a horse is jumping at all. It's head on from 400 metres away. Yeah. I can, I'm barely Back straight at Lark Hill in the bin. Oh, absolute shocker, isn't it? What, yeah, Barry Crockers. What is Lark Hill? I actually don't mind Lark Hill. I, think I, I, I don't. They mind. have a good. They have a good game of cricket there. I think Lark Hill serves <laughs> a good purpose, but just 
Oh, I thought you were going to say serves a good burger or something. <laughs> they actually do. I love that canteen. Yeah, right. Um, what was I saying? But back straight trials, even, for instance, we had a two-year-old on debut yesterday and because it was Magic Millions nominated, we don't usually go to Lark Hill, but yeah. we had to go to Lark Hill. It was just a timing thing. Yeah. And it essentially had to trial in a straight line. All of a sudden, it found the front yesterday afternoon and didn't know what it was doing. Yeah. It was hanging and it's pulled up Shinsaw since. Mm-hmm. So it might have been that. But even then, you just can't educate a horse properly down that back straight at Lark Hill. So I'd at least like to see your two-year-old heats where you know nothing about the horses when you sit down and try to do form on a two-year-old race, at least have them around the standard bend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think it's a, it's a professional trial venue. It's a training track, but it's a trial venue. You should be able to trial there every second week. Yep. Like it's, you know, these Ascot and Belmont race on, they race there yep. every three or four days. So uh, trial colours, jockeys, it, some of them have like four different sets of trials. It's very like either either the jockeys have to commit to one set of set of colours or Jeez, getting a bit pedantic. No, no, this is, this, is, this is true. This is it's ridiculous. If it commit to one set I of colours, you know what? I play the game because uh, you obviously have all watched that many races. You could they could all wear the same colours, and I reckon you could show Lockie the race, and he'd be like, "That's that's Jade, that's Sean, yeah. that's Jason." Yeah, like, he'd be able to ping him out. I, yeah, I'm making you do a bit of a game. Over east, they wear the colours that they race in, so mm-hmm. I know the jockeys here won't want to do that because it means they have to change colours all the time. But at least just wear the the colours that are listed on the trial sheet. That's just a little nitpick. Is there a trial sheet? Yeah, yeah, the colours. Yeah. All oh, right, didn't know that. Yeah, so gear the, list, gear list in trials as well. Yeah. That'd be great. So, for example, this that, they don't That's have a good call. That's yeah. actually something I hope, yeah. Um, Sassy Trader's going around. We'll discuss Sassy Trader when we do the preview shortly. Um, good trial, like really nice trial with the with the shoes or pads on in the trial. Yeah. Like seriously, mm. would they go on since the trial? That's everything. We can't bet now. I, I literally can't bet in that race because I'm like, yeah, okay, it's a horse that has got used to the, the I can't remember the pads or whatever's going on, but was that on in the trial? Or how, if it's happened since the trial, you just you, you put a pen through it. Yeah, you know, it's agree. happened before the trial, and you go, "Well, this is this is game on for it." So, yeah, that that's pretty simple stuff, I think. Okay, uh, but it probably gets rid of the good rot, though. If you want to really, if you want to set one up. <laughs> well, I mean, I, love I think setting one. I, I think they they, the they can do that up. anyway with the saddle that they use, the shoes that yeah. they wear. There's a, yeah, there's yeah. a variety of different things that they can. That wouldn't happen though that, in horse racing. But um, but that's but that's trials. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, for me, the Belmont redevelopment is the. Is the key is the for from and the number one ticket on uh, the number one item on my wish list. Second is I think we need to have a look at the Master Series. Uh, I know there was a lot of discussion the last last uh, last year, the recent years that it's just sort of lacks a bit of oomph um, after Railway Day. So how do we how do we make how do we keep the how do we keep the interest going for those three weeks? Uh, what Lockie said about increasing prize money for the the group ones is is a start. I have a I have a view that the winter bottom should come forward and be on the same day as the railway day. So you Saturday. So you've got railway and winter bottom on day one. I think day I think we should take a leaf. I think this has been done before, but take a leaf out of the Hong Kong Jockey Club with their international jockey series on the Wednesday before their their international meeting. Day two should be a jockey challenge. Get the get eight or the best riders from Australia and international. I know it's challenging at the moment through the COVID era, but I think that jockey, that if it was a, 
if day two was a jockey day, like a big deal, and we got some big names, I think that could be something special. Well, we've special. seen that happen at Ascot before. Yeah, it was and good. we know it was a success. Yeah, it was a success. So I know they'll, they'll need a budget for it. However, this to, it, I don't think we should be – I think we should be having a crack to make sure this Masters series is as good as it can possibly be. And so that – if we bring Winterbottom Stakes to day one, I think what we can do with day three is we've got a race there – that has been neglected and it's in the shadow of the winter bottom and it's just it's fallen away i think we can really reinvigorate the scale hill on day three it's a 1400 meter weight for age race so winter bottom they've got the 1200 and the railway the railway and winter bottom horse have then got two weeks to come back to a scale hill if you start by making the scale hill five hundred thousand dollars and then gradually increase it so then it can be almost another you know group group two or bordering on a group one like if, if you're able to to extract the the winner bottom and railway horses, and you can really get the the performance rating of the scale up, and it can push. It, it, it's the kind of race that I think we could we could develop into a, a group one because it's weight for age, yep. it's fourteen hundred, and um, it just needs money and it just needs horses to be able to target it as well. So that would mean that you've got Kingston Town and the scale um, potentially two both million dollar races on day three, and I reckon that could add something special to that third day of the carnival. And uh, I, I think we're lacking feature three-year-old sprint races. I know this has been covered a bit. Yeah, we don't have one. Why don't we have a half-million-dollar 1,200-meter three-year-old race? The, Do you know what I mean? Like the, the Belgravia the or the Placid Arc or yeah. something like that. We need to invest in a in a big three-year-old sprint race. We've got the Guineas, we've got the Derby, but we've got nothing for and it's sprinters. Weird. It's the, weird. The WA horses are, sprinters, are just yeah. about the best sprinters yep. in the country, our best sprinters uh, I think for me it's the Placid Art. I mean, yeah. I, I know that the Belgrave is usually the best race, but a lot of that is moving. It's it's never the grand final because it's a starting point. Do you know what I mean? But if you had the Placid Art, pe- people could really target target that race. Do you only want it? We saw the winner of the Derby yesterday, by the way. Do you That's only want it in the summer? No, I think. And I, I was going to say, there's no there's no short course features in the autumn either. See, this is what I've just thought about. Perhaps we have a big three-year-old feature in the autumn because it allows owners and trainers to have the carrot dangle to them to stretch a horse out to a mile mm-hmm. in the summer it makes the guineas and champion fillies as strong as possible eg and it's a ray day yeah all of a sudden those trainers and owners understand that their horse can't run out a mile next prep they set their horse for the big three-year-old feature sprint race in the autumn. I think we can do both. Yeah, absolutely. And and also if you have that big Placid Art sprint uh, worth half a million dollars on day one of the Masters, that's Railway Winterbottom, those three-year-olds then can go into the Scahill Mm. and have a crack at the the 400 meter. So it adds another – I mean, I know we've already got the Lestier on there, but we can probably get the first or second place getter from the – first three across the line in the Placid Arc then can go have a crack at the big money at Wait for Age in two weeks' time. Uh, I think So I think there's some things that we can do. And I know Chris Parnham copped a little bit of heat for his comments on the Perth Cup and I can see that he, like me, he's a traditionalist at heart and um, and yearns for the day, the days of all when it comes to the, the Perth Cup. But I think we've got a perfectly good 2,400-metre handicap there that just needs investment and just needs some a committee and an industry to believe in it. And I think it could still be something special with with prize money and with maybe changes to the handicapping scale a touch, maybe bringing the minimum back a little bit uh, and then you can get your, your regal powers to start in it. You can get your, you know, your 
you're really, really good horses to target the Perth Cup. Make it worth a lot of money again. And just if you build it, they will come. Believe in the race. You can't just keep taking away everything that's good about that race. It's lost its two mile. It's lost prize money. It's it's now it's now an afterthought. You know, six weeks after or six to eight weeks after the railway stakes. Like it's a perfectly good traditional time on and race that is part of the fabric of Western Australia. Invest in it, believe in it. I reckon it could be special again. What's the minimum in a race like the Sydney Cup? I know it's over a little bit. I think it's further. fifty-one. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's something we need to do. Yeah, I, I think that's that's the key. Spread the scale. Spread, and even you know, I think the minimum. It's a very touchy subject with jockeys, which is fair enough because it's a safety issue, right? Yeah. So, but I think the minimum. All of the issues that we have, and you you would be aware of these being being you know from a stable, from a handicapping and a ratings and a programming point of view, is people don't understand that. By raising the minimum to 54, it's made the life of the handicapper very difficult because you've only got a very short window, uh, window before, before there's a 60 and people lose their brains as soon as they've got uh, 60 yeah. kilos on their back. So the minimum creeping up from 51 to 52 to 53 to 54, it's just impacted the ability of the handicapper to do their job. Uh, in Hong Kong, they have a 10 kilo, 20 pound spread. 51 minimum, 61 top weight. Yeah, uh, I'm not advocating that for here, but if we could get an eight kilo spread, it just it's a it just changes a lot. I might go back and do the maths from this year's Perth Cup. Yeah, essentially make it a 52 minimum yep. and see how many of those riders could have rode 52 apart from except yeah. 53 that it was. Yeah, and allow them to ride overweight if they if yeah, they if want. Trainers and yeah, want to. exactly. So I think we can. We can look at that for one-offs, even if it's the railway and the Perth Cup, you know what I mean? Reduce the minimums, make them more true, like greater handicaps. I mean, the Doncaster and, and those big handicaps, they're all 51 minimums. I'm, I'm exactly. Positive. So if they do it over east and they race for more money here, yeah. why can't we do it? Here? Yeah, it's just something something to look at. So I'm, I think the spread of weights is good for Good for, good for wa- the punters good as for well. wagering. It's going to be intriguing. It does. It adds it adds another element yep. to it. And, um, it, and also it means that... You can probably actually, opens up you, opportunities of certain jockeys as well. Opens maybe up, you wouldn't get as many op- rides, and they can say, "Well, I'm a natural fifty, you know, a lightweight jockey." And, and it doesn't rule out your regal power because the minimum is lower. You don't have to give regal power sixty or sixty-one. He can he can mm. get fifty-nine instead. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So you can you can dangle the carrot in a lot of ways to make those. If you're pumping a lot of money into railways and Perth Cups, then you got to make them handicap accordingly. So you handicap from the top down. Yep. Why should regal power get? 63 or whatever it is in a Perth Cup, like it's ridiculous. Like that's our best staying handicap. Every, it should be from the top down. So uh, that's that's. I never thought about that. From yeah, the top down. That's a really good point. Um, now there's there's big there's big ticket items. Uh, I think everything falls behind Belmont Park redevelopment. But for the future of, uh, the, I think there needs to be discussions around on-course stabling at Ascot, as well as the training schools for not only for apprentice jockeys but for people wanting learning wanting to learn just the basic, whether it's. Uh, to be farriers, whether it's to be trainers, whether it's to be whatever it is, try to make um, racing, racing a real career pathway for people rather than it's just, just you know, just a just a job. Like make mm-hmm. it a career, put some real TAFE sort of certificates behind it, and also to become a trainer, you need to do X amount of years in a stable. You need to do, you need to work underneath an open class trainer. You Agreed. can't just you can't just have ten twenty thousand dollars in the yeah. bank and then all of a sudden and you're that's, a trainer's life. For those who don't know, that's literally what it is. Yeah, you just need the money. <laughs> And, and yeah. pass the test. So, uh, and the test is essentially you get given like a list of gear, and you have to say which gear it is, and you have to be able to saddle up a horse. Yeah, that's just about the extent of it. So, if you made it a more professional training 
program, then people like, and also being a thoroughbred horse trainer isn't just about conditioning horses. There's like 25 different aspects of that exactly. role. So people take on these roles as young people and they're not aware of everything that it entails. So I think there needs to be some training and education around that in order for us not to lose people, to the good people who know horses, good horse people, they get, they get jacked because they can't make any money and then all of a sudden we lose them and they're off doing other things and then that's it. We've lost a generation of educated horse people to dr help drive the industry forward. Um, I'm with you about the Stewards Patrol film. I also want everything on Chris to be shareable. So all replays, and you should have like a share option. We know how Tab, uh, tab Touch and um, even Racing.com, they do that the last 400 metres where, you can, where they, they, it gets put on Facebook or Twitter. Yep. I think everything, they should have a shareable race option for the last 400 metres. And so the more races and the more exciting finishes we see on Instagram, on yep. uh you know, whatever platform it is, Facebook, Twitter, the more and it's more the more easily shareable it is. So at the, the moment, obviously you do the communications and media for Steve Wolf. Yeah. What's your process to be able to put a race replay up on yeah. the Facebook page? Yeah, so I just I just basically have a piece of software that downloads the, the yep. video, but not everyone has access to exactly. that. So it's it's pretty like you know the shareable content that the AFL puts out? Yeah. It's like there you just you can talk, you can send it anywhere, email, WhatsApp. Snapchat, whatever you want to do, it's there. I think racing needs to move into the how how people consume their media, and because like if 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 you own if, if you own a horse and it wins a race, you just want to be able to share it easily. Put you it everywhere. Even, you can't even do that. Yeah. Well, half the time, so, you know, Simon Merritt and the guys at Western Racebook, they're not obligated to put those race race um, photos, those winning photos on mm. on social media. He just does that just to for the game. And maybe Simon needs to be employed by the industry as well to go out just to take photos and make that make them more shareable as well, rather than him having to release only a certain amount of photos because it impacts his ability to make money as exactly. well. Exactly. So I think we can do a lot better job of photos, of sharing, uh, racing, of sharing good stories. I think we need to start um, encouraging more people to share their rehoming stories of their horses, um, make that a real feature online of like success stories where horses transition from. Uh, horse racing to dressage, horse racing to show jumping, eventing, whatever it yep. is, or uh, finding new loving homes. I think that needs to be broadcast because that's a real focus of what we're trying to do um, in the horse welfare spot, on. spot that we're in at the moment. I think we can do a, a, we do a good job of that. I think we can do even better so it crosses over so people can see that we're um, good custodians of the game, that we're really looking after our horses. So I've got hey, <laughs> I've got quite a few things here, but one last thing I wanted to run past Terry whether to see that would help him um, from a wagering point of view is Caulfield has a weather station and you can log into yeah, it. Yeah, so that was, that was something that... Yeah. What about if, if there was a weather station, even just starting at Ascot and Belmont, that you can log into on race day, you can check the... The track, you can, the, the track manager can plug all the data from that track, what they've done to it in the last week, while more importantly, me measuring the wind and temperature. Well, probably not more importantly, yeah. actually, but probably as importantly yeah. Yeah. as what they've done to the track as well during the week. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a meeting a couple of months ago and I was talking to Pistol Peter who was on course, as he always is, and um, I said, uh, geez, they're not making a, an inch of ground today. And he goes, no worries. No, no wonder there's a, 
There's a big reasonable easterly. And I said, what are you talking about? I'm looking at the news, uh, the the Wind website. Wind Willy. Yeah, Wind Willy. And there was... It wasn't yeah, even one instance. This happens all the time. Yeah, like, and it's just completely wrong. But there's no... Yeah, we can't get that correct data. So that's... that's I think it's, that'd it, be everything. Is that essential? It's essential, isn't it? Oh, I would say so, yeah. I, I actually don't know if the, the uh, interstate tracks do it. Now you're, you're saying they definitely Corfield, do it. Corfield's got an app that you download yeah. in it and you can plug into it any oh, time. Yeah. And Flemington, you can access it on their website. Yeah, yeah that'd be anything. So. That would be, um, yeah, that'd be huge. I'd love that. I'd love to have a weather station. I'd love to hear more from the track manager as well, whether it's a Friday, Lockie goes out there on a Friday, does a track report, gets posted on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Oh, this, well, this track this year, I went through it last night, something like 35, 40%. And my notes were a bit sloppy, about 30, 40% of the tracks. Uh, meetings at Ascot this year, the rail's been off or has not been a good spot to be. And I mean, when do we see a, like on Monday, we see a nice easterly and then, oh, hang on, you don't want to be leading. Mm-hmm. Oh, with a nice easterly at a true position. It puts if, us. if you watch some of the head-ons, there and was what about some, this some races that there's some races where there was horses, there was nowhere even near the near the right. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, with with your you guys had Laurentinia going around, and it was funny because we were talking earlier how it looks great for Laurentinia, the easterly back to the true. This could be a you know a, just go to the front and off we go for for Lactar. And um, I think by by the time you guys are jumping, you're you're probably instructing Lactar to get off the fence in the straight to some degree, won't you? Spot on. Yeah, yeah. So exact words come three yeah. or four off. <laughs> yeah, come three or four off. That's oh, that's no that's no good. That's fine though, but. It, It'd be nice to know why that why that's occurred. If there's a so with the I, I sort of record bits and pieces, random bits and pieces, and see if there's any sort of correlation. And then if that those same conditions are going to appear again, then I can go, okay, well this is probably going to happen because this is the reason that occurs. And we talk about track condition; it's it's the end of us because we can never figure out how exactly it's going to play. And I think these days I more so than anything just allow for a fair track, regardless of what it's going to look like. But this week, and I'm looking forward to to discussing this. It goes from true to six meters. We're skipping. We're skipping a lane. We're skipping the three meter pad. I can't remember the last time we skipped a pad. And imagine if imagine if Lockie was out there interviewing the track manager, and you can ask why. why. You can ask why. Mm. He can explain. We just can't sit here and have all these you know theories about it. We can actually ask, walk the track, get a look at it. What have you done to it this week? What are we expecting for tomorrow? I think it would be great. Mm. Um, So last couple of ones for me before we move on to the preview is affordability on race day, especially at Ascot and Belmont. I get this a lot from people when they go to the races. I don't you know. Um, I don't know how much beer how beers cost these days, but uh, but they seem rather exorbitant. And no, uh, no, they're not. No, they're the right price. You reckon? For on the race course? Yeah, hundred percent. They're the right price. Well, fe- the people go, would- go to a bar or nightclub. I'm not nightclub. Go to a bar, and you're paying just as much. You're but you're but is that course. is that what you is that what we're yeah, aiming fine. for? Yeah. I'll yeah, I think sure it, that they got to they've got to still make money if you want to spend money. So yeah, I don't I don't know I don't think that's an issue. Okay, so cheap, cheap. I got cheaper food and beverages at the rail, which even just cheaper options for. for Jeez, for, even the food's not that bad. I don't. I don't think. What do you, you probably? You're at the track. But do you? Day. But but you're Lockie you're always, solo. Lockie packs his lunch though. You're, you're solo though. What about for families and things like that? Though? Yeah, I think it's. But that's that's the price these days, isn't it? I don't think it's any more exorbitant. Like you go to Optus Stadium, you're going to be paying twice as much for what you are at something at Belmont Park, still. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to be devil's advocate with that. No, I'm that's fair just, enough. I'm just going to be. I, I don't think that there's too much of an issue. You can still go to uh, Belmont. I'm pretty sure I got a sandwich there for about eight bucks. Yeah, that's normal, isn't it? I don't, I don't know. know. I, don't I went know and got a that. subway the other day. It was twelve dollars. Mm. That's just standard subway. It was twelve bucks. That's so you're getting a sandwich on course for I eight think bucks. Pint prices about, right? and whatnot are pretty standard there. Yeah, they're, the they're all pretty standard. Yeah, I don't know whether they should be the equivalent of bar Bowls and clubs. nightclub prices. No, the bar and nightclub. I'm saying more expensive. Yeah. Well, not especially with nightclub with Bam Machine. Uh last couple of ones. Yes, you know, BJ, you're you're out of the buddy paramount more than me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, last couple ones were um, uh, Perth Racing. What is Perth Racing? What, oh, is it, yeah. what does it mean? Uh, how about we go back to the WA Turf Club? I think that needs to be revisited as well. You're a member of the WA Turf Club. You're, you're not a, what is Perth Racing? It's this legal entity that means nothing. I think we need to go back to making membership of the WA Turf Club mean something and being a part of a club actually means something. Uh, you won't see the Victoria Racing Club changing their name to Flemington Racing anytime soon. So WA Turf, the Perth Racing is just wild that they even trade as that. WA Turf Club... Uh, have a think about going back to that. And my last little wish list, which is just an idea that I have that I want to that I want to look at uh, moving forward, is WA Racing. You're going to laugh at this too. WA Racing trading cards over the over the Masters series. I reckon that'll be a bit of fun. Every person that walks in the gate gets a packet of of trading cards for uh, uh, over the Masters three weeks of the Masters series. And I reckon the kids and the families and racing people would love it as well. Trading cards are huge, by the way. But- Jockeys and trainers? Horses mainly, but Horse, jockeys, oh, trainers. Right. I'll, I'll come and get the Jimmy Taylor gold. Oh, that's what I was about to say. I'd love to see my dad's big forehead <laughs> on a card. The Jimmy oh, Taylor gold, that would be good. Uh, Barrakee, I'll give you a regal power, an elite bell yeah. for a signed gold Jimmy Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, that is it. That's our WA Racing wish list. Going to put this on uh, probably a separate audio file yeah. for people to listen to and uh, consume. But also, we want your ideas. So there's lots of smart, invested people. Get your ideas into us here at the and one. And if you one disagree point. with us, yeah, let us know. Yeah, 100%. Okay, it's time to partner with Betfair and preview Scenic Blast Stakes Day. BJ Ryan, Terry Layton, and Lockie Taylor teaming up to record episode 112 of the One One your West Australian racing podcast. It is 11.30am on Thursday, the 27th of January. Geraldton, Crayfish Coast in action today. Ascot and Ladies Bracelet Day down in Albany on Saturday. And then we've got the Bunbury at Pinjarra meeting on Sunday, which is featuring the Breeders Classic. So there's a bit of racing to get stuck into over the next few days. Plenty happening. All right, stay tuned throughout the show for info on how you can enter the market. City meets, get out, stakes, competition, and uh, champs and challenger. Got Toby done against a mystery opponent, someone someone he knows quite Mm. well uh, for this week's uh, mastermind. So stay tuned for that. How, how did the episode one of the Betfair Edge go last week? Terry? Good, yeah. Oh, no, it was a shocker, actually. <laughs> Absolute shocker. We recorded on a Friday. I didn't know when they were going to run. Like, it was a oh, lot yeah, of, of course. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of confusion in it. Uh, we got Roy on. I hadn't had Roy Rogers on before, and we got Roy on. Roy was a, it was a good chat, but it was meant to, the interview's meant to go for like 11 minutes. Then we looked, it was 17, and then we grabbed Cripper on, and Cripp didn't really have anything he liked, so we just chewed the fat, and that was meant to go for six, and it was 13. Next thing you know, the preview could only go for five. It was just a lot of confusion, but backfiring tomorrow. They'll definitely run Saturday, won't they, Locke? Well, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. 80% chance, I reckon. All right. So look, uh, download the app, SEN app, and uh, tune into the guru on the Betfair Edge if you get an opportunity. All right, let's move forward on to the preview for Sydney Blast Stakes Day. The rail is out in the six-metre position, Terry. Yeah, it certainly is. And as we discussed in our uh, wish list before, um, we miss the three-metre pad. So we go from true to six. I... It's very odd this occurs. It'd be nice to know why it's occurring. Obviously, they don't think, um, and as we were saying before as well, that the 
the inside pad was not good on um, was not good at all on Monday. So perhaps that extends out further. They're trying to protect a certain part of the pad. I'm not too sure. It doesn't bode well. It doesn't bode well for confidence. So don't go into this meeting thinking it's going to play in any particular way. And if you're not that enthused, my big advice: if you're not that excited about a price early and you're umming and ahhing whether you take it or wait for Betfair, perhaps, um, and especially if it's later in the day, just hold fire because you might. Uh, you might end up seeing something going, well, that makes no sense or now it makes more sense. Okay. So the heat, 39-degree day at the moment is what they're forecasting. Has, uh, 38 by race one, I think. 30, yeah, that's, that's, so, so they've allowed for uh, they've allowed for this with the starting time. So race one kicks off at 2.28 p.m. and it's the Seacore plate over the 1,000 metres for the three-year-olds. few familiar faces here who have been doing battle recently and um, – Couple of first uppers as well. Guru, rinse and repeat, isn't it? Yeah, Guru. What are your thoughts on uh, race one? The it's like ball? a tag out of um, bopping blue and tag in of my baby blue, exactly, James, isn't it? Yeah. Same colours, same yeah. jockey trainer, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Same um, uh, racing style as well. Yeah, it? similarly, exactly right. I'm going to go for the, the new boy on the scene, new girl on the scene, I should say. Uh, my baby blue Jean. Um, I think beads will be certainly very hard to beat. Uh, from the alley, it probably lands right behind either Policia, who could kick through and lead, or my baby blue Jean um, could cross them and get to the fence. That's sort of uh, that'll be an interesting watch early. I think they'll be relatively aggressive with Policia. I can't see why they'd be desperate to hand up but uh, they should be your first two beads parks on them um and i think that'll be your race he's a sizzler was a little flat last start the drop back to a thousand and the triple gear change that to me is is a little bit of a worry when you go lugging a bit tongue-tied blinkers um the thousand meters has in the past been a probably a touch short for, for him to get it done and especially coming off a little bit of a flat run so i think the winner comes between those three but i just think my baby blue jane could be a really nice filly she hasn't got the weight um, that the others do and the others have earned, but I think she will earn that weight in time. So mm. before she earns that weight, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and I've marked her a clear favourite. So um, I'm happy having something on my baby blue jean. But I'd want to see an aggressive ride. I I thought his ride first up was pretty poor when he sort of with the horse he Didn't tried to be her, aggressive yeah. and then he yeah. and Nucky was willing to hand up on Signorita Dorotea. First up, but um, yeah, Clint sort of then tried to restrain, and then she fought him, and um, yeah, the 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 win of Civvy Street yesterday really franks that last start victory as well. Civvy Street beat Probity and Arcadia Grace, and forever dreaming. So um, yeah, I think my baby Blue Jane has some gears, and um, that last win could have been a bigger win as well. He sat up with a fair way to go. I'm pretty sure when we had Adam Durant on that, he flagged this. As a horse of the future. Like, oh, did he? Yeah. Uh, pretty sure. Oh, there you go. My baby well, the money's the money has come yeah. first and second up as well. Uh um, do you just it's a twelve back to a thousand? Yep. I hate it. Yeah. Don't yeah. like the twelve back to a thousand. And but I loved what, how she just controlled the speed yes. last start and will just, she be able to control the speed on that's the question, is whether she can get across splits, yeah. Either get it if she doesn't get across, I hope that Pike's aggressive enough on Policier so she can Which just travel smoothly rhythm, yeah. in the breeze. Yeah, yeah. It's it's all about rhythm in that sense. Yeah. Um it's a little bit on spec, but the fact we're doing this at just shy of midday and there's no odds up besides Brad and 365. So at around that four dollar, four dollar fifty mark, I'm I'm pretty happy to to have something on. Um on a day where I don't like a huge amount. Look, I got a question for you before you give us your summary. He's a sizzler. Got a very Awkward action. Yeah. Uh, throws a leg. He looked looked highly uncomfortable last start when Chris went for him. He just didn't want to didn't want to go. It looked like he was just sort of 
we didn't want to stretch out on that particular occasion. And I see that they've gone for the lugging bit as well. Uh, but what can you tell us about he's a sizzler from a yard point of view? He's one of the most interesting horses to observe. If you look at him side on, he is one of the best looking horses you'll just about ever see. He's big, he's strong and has a wonderful temperament. But if you look at him from front on or from behind, you see that leg swing like something else you haven't seen before. You rarely see a horse walk like that and win two races and have the turn of footy possesses because generally horses that walk like that just don't stand don't up. Don't stand up, yeah. Um, so for mine, when you combine that factor, and I agree with Terry, I thought he was really plain last start, I just worried that it may have been an end of prep run. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he uh, went Give me a can of Coke, by the way, from last week, just remembered. What was that? Which one was that? She's a sweet deal and I gave you two chances. Creator. Prize miss. One of the two had to win. Oh, right. Yeah. You did too. Yeah. That was unrelated to anything. It just <laughs> Give me that coach. Um, <laughs> I rarely uh, win them with you, so I thought I'd better enjoy one. Uh, yeah, so Lockie, what, were your, what was your breakdown of this one? Oh, I think beads would be awfully hard to beat. I think if he's a sizzler, Plissier, first up, or my baby blue jean wins back to the thousand up in grade. I'm just happy to put my hand up and say those trainers and riders were too good. But mm -hmm. Beads is the horse that I think is a thousand meter horse. He ticks all the boxes and, and Sean McGruddy has a knack of not allowing leaders to skip clear on him between the 500 and the 300. So ticks all the boxes and I think he'll be Pretty hard to bet. Yeah, beats for me as well for all the reasons that Lockie said. Very scared of my baby blue jean. That elevation and that 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 I guess that benefit of race experience that she showed at Pinjarra the clock. I know that the was that Scalps of it? Don't know if it was Scalps of it or not, was it? The thirteenth? Anyway, the clock was good for 1,200 at 110 in a maiden. So uh, format of that has been strong. Even she, on, she would have run the quickest last two if you rode her out as well, yeah. which is really impressive considering Sibby Street took the sit with Pike on it and then obviously what Sibby Street's done yesterday. So. Yeah, and even on debut, ran third to Viamonte. Viamonte just ran into a really, really good horse in uh, Spin the Knife last week or Monday now. So, yeah. What uh, price do you think my baby blue jeans starts? Well, that's the, that's the thing. I find this difficult to do a preview without prices, as you know. So right mm. now, if if beads was six dollars, I'd probably sit here tipping beads to say mm. that type of thing. I'm just looking at the prices we currently have. Um, my guess, my guess is the money comes. Yeah, I was. I had them pretty pretty closely marked. Beads my guess and is my baby comes. blue jean. Yeah, I had yeah. them almost. Brad went up five fifty. Yeah, so yeah. What, I'd absolutely go to town on that. Not that I'm I'm a hundred percent with you. I, I would probably mark my baby blue jean even money at twelve hundred dollars. Uh, at twelve hundred dollars. At twelve hundred yeah. meters. Yeah. Um, but the drop back to a thousand is definitely a concern. Yeah. Yeah. So marginally prices. I, I was pretty close. I was like two eighty three twenty. Okay. Yeah. Beads yeah. on the drift for me. Yeah. If it yeah. gets out. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. And you get those opportunities too. Sometimes when a horse does go up under your price, it's it's a nice thing rather yeah. than considering it. You go, oh, I'm going to just highlight. It didn't win yesterday, but one might be um, Johnston Porter. Uh, Kicker goal, son. Went mm. up 220 top thing. And you go, oh, that's maybe but just you just hold fire and then wobbles out to um, sort of $3 and, and you're pretty happy with that price. And you'll probably get a similar sort of option here if beads, which is now about 230 where I'm looking. Two, yep. It might um, – it very likely will wobble a little from that. I'd suggest. I agree. I think the money will be for uh, Terry my baby mm. blue Every Even first missile yesterday was sort of like opened $1.90, got out on Betfair to over $3, yes. jumped Betfair $2.20. Yep. Um, but, yeah, the opportunities are there. 
Okay. Race two is a tap touch West Speed Platinum Handicap, 1,000 metres. Uh, I'd say skip, but TK Layton's got a runner in this race. What's going on? Yeah, we've got a, got, a, got, a, got a live runner, you think, as well. Um, yeah, look, I think very similar to what we were just talking about there, the drop from 1,200 to 1,000. For the way Halatorian's racing as well is a, is a massive negative. But, Where's um, he get to? Yeah, that's the thing. Well, I, I want to go – I think we should just drop out back to last. Um, there's actually a race in seven days at Pinjaro over 1,300 metres. That's so Terry's basically declaring to everyone that they're giving it a run. <laughs> no, we're definitely not giving it a run. No, 100%. It sounds like a prep run. To oh, me. I just don't like, for especially the way we're running. He couldn't be bothered watching the, the trial. But what I will say is this is a Barry Crocker, isn't it? Isn't this a yeah. shocker? Dark City's not going, wins a lot, is just not going, and it's back to a 1,000. Garage Days won a very weak uh, made and it's twelve hundred back to a thousand. Yep. Requisition Mr. Run being scratched. Like um Alien from Mars is first up for 124 days, coming off a really nice performance, albeit. And Express Time should be it's the one that should yeah. be suited twelve hundred back to a thousand. But the sixty one, it'll it'll tell late the sixty one, especially if we get another one of these dodgy little rails. So all I know is it's a very weak little race and um yeah I'm happy for the the pipe to be opened. Yeah lucky. I yeah. don't know. No, I think you've hit the nail on the head. And in the end, if you had just to give bad. an on-top selection, now the price I don't think is there, but just knowing the wily character that Bobby Tarl is, first <laughs> up, no trial, I think that tells a story about Alien from Mars. And as I said, we don't get the price to find out, but... Oh, five dollars. That's actually yeah. I had a little bit of. I took a little bit of Brad Sixes this morning. Um, I didn't expect to have a bet in this race at all, but I just thought in a race with absolutely nothing, which one horse has probably got the sort of yeah. X factor at the you look at, do, you want, do you really want to be on Express Time? Like, look at that's what I like. Look yeah. at the all the other runners sort yeah, of in like market. Express order. Time three twenty, Alatorian three eighty, and then Alien from Mars five dollars. If you work on a process of elimination it's yeah, exactly yeah. right yeah i was 550 halitorian uh, even requisition so you sort of say yeah, who would you prefer you you put them in a line you got garage days alien from mars requisition all basically the same price requisition you know? is racing really well actually <laughs> prior to that i did have a setback it said future nomination in the scratching report it wasn't suited yeah. going to the 1200 probably they can yeah. probably go to the breeze with requisition as well yeah i'm alien from mars as well it was five dollars alien from mars you priced it five bucks yeah Oh, five dollars the field. As, oh, what was your favourite? Uh, um, Express time, three eighty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Price Heller. Five dollars. Okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, um, I'm, I'm Alien from Mars. I think oh, I already like the booking of Chris Barnum as well. I know he's just coming back from a break. So, but yeah, he can just let it all unfold in front of him from four. Save this horse up. It's got a pretty sharp turn of foot. Alien mm. from Mars just needs galloping room. If it gets that, it can it can zap him. I reckon. Hundred percent. Okay. Bobby Turrell. I think I've talked myself into backing this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you can just have that. The thing is that if you're getting the five bucks, you can just have a little spec bet and be happy, you know, at that yeah. price. Not always you want to back each way because no. it's first up four months. could go horribly. Yeah. But you can have something on. Yeah. I think Halatorium would have been the way to go. Just was It's either going to be last or breeze, isn't it, Halatorium? 1,200 back to the way we're racing. I don't think 1,200 back to 1,000 or so. Okay. But I definitely think we can win. I haven't backed it its last two, so. Who, so just, just let the listeners know, who's involved in this? Uh, the tour. Well, I'll tell you what, we're getting on the, we're going to go down next week and celebrate back-to-back wins, hopefully, or four in a row. Could be four in a row. TK Layton, Brad McManus, uh, Chris got, Nelson. Yeah, Pete Anthonitz isn't in the race book yet as well. Pete Anthonitz is, uh, is, is on board. Uh, Tommy J, uh, Cole Potters, uh, and uh, Tommy's brother. Is it Tommy's brother? 
B. Johnston. Yeah, I think that's Tommy's brother as well. So, yeah, no, good little, uh, good little bunch of battlers. Why just is it, for the is Peter, Peter Silent? Pretty happy. It hasn't just transferred across you. Okay. All right. um, yeah, no, I was agreed to buy this after too many beers and uh, when it just looked like a, a, a chaser. We're just going to keep running places and I thought, oh, this, is, this isn't good for the lads. And, uh, <laughs> so to string a couple together, it's quite exciting times and um, tell you what, we found a nice little race even though it's over the wrong trip. So, Nothing beats a winner. Have you it. backed it yet? No. And it win? No. I backed it. I had a big go at 20s and 4.50 a hole. And around four. When we ran four feet and 1.3. So that was uh, that was the day I thought we could get some money out of it. So, yep. Anyway. The guru. Judging it well. Tell you what, if, if you don't count Dig Deep, me punting my own horses is a horror show. All right. Race three is Imagine Millions Plate for two-year-olds over the 1,000 metres. Now, this is nightmarish considering that we can't get easy access to trial vision. So there is a workaround that you can use if you've got the time to do it on Vimeo, uh, if you know how the, the the code structure works of the, the title of the race name, you can do that, which is what I have to, I've been doing. But this trial vision setup is a debacle. I don't know what's going on there. Um, would like to get some info from the racing department to see when we're going to have a resolution. Uh, however, Terry, did you bother with the with the trials or did you just skip this race? Looking at the horse's names for the first time now. Yep. BJ, take it away. <laughs> uh, you, you didn't have a look? <laughs> yeah. Okay. No. So. And it, I love two-year-olds this is, this is a, Makes this me is, sad. This is a pretty thin race because we've got the Magic Moons next Saturday. So the quality is sort of raced. That was not a bad race. Actually. A few smart last, players last here, though, said let's lob one in yeah. here and yep. All right. So. Galaxy Affair is the only winner in the race. It was fought eight the entire, and which was a good spot. Which is a good spot to be. On yeah, it was a very slow stop-start sort of race, and it was the only horse other than the second horse up at limits who had that uninterrupted flow. Uh, never and was able just to just sustain a rhythm there. And Galaxy Affair won at twenty-one dollars, but it is a winner, so you got to got to respect that. The uh, did anyone catch the run of Cruise to Victory? Massive. Yeah. That could be a tease. Where did also. it come from? Yeah. Mm. So I don't know what happened at the start there, but and then it just couldn't keep up early, and then all of a sudden it's just rattled from nowhere. But um, but yeah, from gate eleven on the five day backup, you imagine it's going to get back again and eleven to a thousand. Yeah, well. the way it raced, you'd probably think it probably went a little further. So that's um, that were the two sort of race horses and and that you could that you really want to focus on. But from Who the was un- last winner in town from from the unrace, it was uh, purest. <laughs> Uh, I was always travelling on the winner that day to <laughs> <laughs> All right, so from the yeah. trial brigade, if you've had an opportunity to watch the trial of Hang Glider at Albany on the 9th of January, very classy, moving horse, sort of was half slow away, uh, moved um, forward under Chris Nick under its own steam, was never really let uh, let slide in the straight and cruised to a very comfortable win. So it's no surprise to see him open up the fixed odds favourite uh, this morning. However, he does have gate 10 to overcome. So um, he didn't ping the leads in trial. So does he go forward or does Sean just let him fall out and try to track into the race? Similar in a similar va- um, fashion to what Galaxy Affair did last start, where he might be able to race three and four deep on a very slowly, slowly run race and, and still win. But I'd like to see him get some cover and then move into the race. Uh, he was he was good. Lucky Shanso is scratched, so we don't have to worry about that. Playhouse patron um, 
from the Bob McPherson yard, unbeaten in trials, has shown a bit, got a bit of gate speed. It's going to probably going to get its chance from gate two. Probably a bit of value at the $15 actually, Playhouse patron. Spirit Sun led and won a trial. There's a couple of others here, but the one, there's a $200,000 yearling from the Dan Morton yard, which looks like it's got some talent as well as work in progress. Uh, has gate nine to overcome, though. I quite like this, this filly. Thought the uh, debut trial was eye-catching and there was a bit left in the tank in its second trial work in progress. So for me, ended up with hang glider on top. Just hard, just looked like a horse. Just had a bit of size, a bit of presence, covered the ground really well uh, from the Steve Wolf yard. He uh, can always find a two-rod and get them going. I think hang glider is the one to be. I think work in progress is value at the current prices. Was scratched from yesterday and saved for this. I think this written tycoon filly is going to be a nice horse in the making. So they're the two for me. Hang glider, first starter, and working progress, first starter. I think they're the two that I'm going to focus on. Very good. Race number four. Happy birthday, Karen Haynes, 50th birthday handicap. Yes, Lockie, mine's not far away too. If you were going to go there. <laughs> I was about to say, Karen's yeah. actually an owner of ours. Oh, she's an owner of Which horse? Yes. What's her best? Surveillance? No, she's a, <laughs> she's a Zephyr Queen owner. Ah, okay. And I think she might be in an, another one or two ladies' horses. Oh, wonderful. Well, happy 50th birthday to Karen. Uh, very thin old race here to discuss, lads. Uh, three live chances. Uh, Fanta will roll forward, probably leads maybe with JD and the Breeze. The rail's playing well. It'll be very, very hard to catch. Yeah. Felt its last run was huge. Trade War will go back to last. It's effectively got the widest gate with JD, the only horse drawn outside of it. Needs the card up again, but Jesus, some, there is going to be some crap between it and Fanta. Like you're going to have your Wackens, your Carabineer, all man. Sketter first up 1,400 off a month since the <laughs> trial. Never raced past 1,300. That's just Fred Kersley. Um, <laughs> Depara, well, just a bit of an odd sort of move. It just to me, that just says the horse is not working well. If you're going to not go for a sprint journey first up, um, so yeah, basically, it comes down to uh, can trade war catch Fanta? Kendall's me dad is flying, yeah, just worry that it's three back the fence and and it's it's maybe a hard spot to win from three back the fence, but the current market sort of 270, 280, yeah. Very close to favoritism, trade war Fanta and Kendall's me dad a clear third pick and daylight to fourth. No bet for me. Agree. Unless there's a massive bias. Exactly. I think it's a race you need to wait and see the way the track's playing. I think I was looking at this race last night and yesterday thinking this is going to be the typical race that Terry brings out the roadblocks and he didn't even do it. I couldn't believe it. Didn't say the word. Yeah. But obviously Fanta looks like your leader. I don't think the 14's an issue whatsoever. And just the horses that will be around Fanta, you'd think Brad Parnham then knows that his brother is on the clear danger who is potentially out the back four, five, six lengths away and he'll be off and gone at the 500-metre mark. So whether Trade War can reel in Fanta, I don't know, but yeah. I'm happy to just wait and see mm. and assess the prices. Mm. The Trade War Fanta is almost an identical setup to the Trade War Chevelle de Vaga, which we've seen the last two starts. So, But Fanta, geez, that was a big run, wasn't it, at Pinjero the other so day? Big. It was huge. So big. And the money came, they knew. I, yeah. yeah. you got to read Fanta's top top line's pretty toppy. Yeah. So Top rating. Very, yeah. It's yeah, it's very, got a good, yeah. It's, yeah. And, it, and then if they can get it to improve from what Justin did, which you'd probably back Chris and Michael to do, yeah, it, it's going to be very hard to beat. Yeah. Very hard to catch. But, well, um, what did you, did you frame a market? Did you I think? had them both about three bucks. I wasn't too perturbed because I yeah. knew they'd go up about that. If, if one of them went up 450, I would have had a little go. Yep. Just take your, take your value. But uh, yeah, my uh, I'll be watching a good friend of mine, Anton, and his lovely partner, Tyler. 
uh, get married at about that very moment the race is on. So I, uh, I'll leave that one to you guys. Congratulations to Anton and Tyler as well. Yes, congratulations, Anton and Tyler. Where's the wedding? Uh, Black Brewing in Yelling Up. No. Oh. Mm. Very nice. Should be a day. Yes. You're going to get turn your phone on afterwards and I've got six more to pun on. I've greenie with me. You're going wives. to get yourself in a romantic mood? Started oh, looking for rings? I might, might have to dust off the old pants afterwards, you reckon, <laughs> eh? I might have a little bit of a mark on the knee. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. Like, don't think so. Sorry, Nick. What do you What do you think of the, the, the vibe in the studio these days, Lockie? This is funny. <laughs> first, thing I, first thing I said to both of you oh, when I dear. walked in, I said, God, you can tell this place has the influence of a woman now. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, yeah, he's not the, he's not stepping on export cans. The, walks in the, house these days. the dungeon vibes are gone. It's yeah. quite quite zenny now, isn't it? The pink decor. There's plants here. Yeah, there's plants and they're, they're alive. <laughs> yeah, it's just just completely new energy, isn't it? New guru. Um, but yeah, train war for me. But again, dictated to by the way that the tracks playing Fanta could easily roll forward and lead and kick and just their maths might just be against trade war again as it has been in its last two. All right, so let's take a break. We've got a uh, big mastermind coming up sponsored by the Mundaring Hotel. So let's get into it. Okay, it is now time for the Mundaring Hotel's WA Racing Mastermind competition. First time today, BJ. Nailed it, Terry. That is correct, mate. Mundaring has been the heart of the hills since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. Our uh, guest, Lockie Taylor, certainly knows where the Mundaring is. He's only got 99 vouchers to spend <laughs> up there, so uh, he knows the place well. But if you uh, if you do get a chance, make sure you support our sponsor. Drop into the Mundaring Hotel. Have a chat to Ian Butchie O'Connor. Feed Flutter, Froffy's, Family Atmosphere, Butchie's Big Deck. It is all happening up there at the Mundaring. So let's, uh, we've got a mystery challenger today. Mm. So what we'll do is we'll bring back, we'll bring in our uh, multiple mastermind, the uh, very confident young fellow in Toby Dunn. Toby, welcome back to the 1-1. One, one. Hey, boys, back again. Thanks for inviting me back. I was told I may not get the invite, so it's nice to get the call up. I voted no. <laughs> so, mate, uh, how's it going? You've won, what's it, two on the trot? Is it two? Oh, yeah, um, good. I've $200 worth of vouchers for the Mundaring. Try to make it $300 worth, $400 worth, and I'll be able to have a good night. Geez, he knows how to add 100 continuously. <laughs> That's very impressive. Sounds so, like he can drink as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Needs $400 to have a good night. Believe it or not. Mate, you fell in over Crip last week. He was meant to be your gimme. So if we get someone uh, reasonable in, you, you're going to be cooked, aren't you? I, I think so. It was a, it was a scare. Maybe, maybe the scare was what I needed. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Toby. Hey, uh, now, we do have a mystery challenger uh, coming in to try to knock you off your perch, mate. So let's bring him in. Welcome back. One of the one one's favourite. It's the, It's... Probably the favourite son just about, isn't just he? Just about, isn't he? It's Pistol Pete Antonitz. Hello, Pete. G'day, guys. G'day, g'day. How are we? Very morning, well, Pete. Peter. Very well. We've uh, we, we've talked up the uh, master versus protege sort of uh, crack at some stage and we were going to wait till, uh, till number five to bring you on and try and knock him off if he was still alive, but just heard enough of him. He's, he's too confident. He's too arrogant. He's too happy. We like to knock people down at the one-one. We don't want <laughs> happiness in this world. We want a sad, where, world feel where dreams get crushed. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
But yes, it is uh, a bit of a uh, master uh, versus uh, protege with uh, Pete Antonitz and uh, his right-hand man, Toby Dunn, doing battle on this week's edition of the Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind. Both you gentlemen know how to play the game. Your names are your buzzers. And to be crowned this week's mastermind, you need to be the first person to answer three questions correctly. Here we go. Okay. Challenger, are you ready? Look, I am ready, but at the same time, can I just point out that the only reason I'm the master is because I'm older than Toby. <laughs> that's, that's the only reason I'm the master, yes. Uh, uh, I think that's a little bit unfair. Uh, yes, I'm ready, really, sorry. Hey, this is, uh, <laughs> no one likes this lovey-dovey stuff. No. <laughs> Jeez, he's on the back foot early, isn't he? Okay. I just feel bad that I can't do this as well as Pete, by the way. It feels it feels like I'm, I'm stealing his thunder here. Mastermind, are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready, but I would also say that I think Pete is definitely the master. <laughs> I've actually had enough. I genuinely have zero interest. Like, do you want to play against him? I've got absolutely no interest in this game. My God. Are you guys in I'd bed like next to, to each other? The record. There's nothing. Are you guys in bed next to each other at the moment? Oh, Pete wouldn't blow the down to us. I tried to get him down, but uh, seven-hour car ride, oh, I can't do bloody that. Uh, he, he, his helicopter must have been in for a few <laughs> just the old, the old private jet. Anyway, three, two, one. Uh, who am I? I was the victor at 13 of my 17 career starts with my final race being in 2015. I only ever had the one jockey across all trials and races. After jumping at $1.65 on debut, I started my next 10 races at $1.35 or less and I won them all. My first loss came when I ventured to Melbourne for the Group 1 Newmarket Stakes. Four Toby. 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 Um, Barakey. Oh, very good, it's young man. I thought there. Yeah, four months after my biggest success in the 2012 Winter Bottom Stakes, my trainer's son is currently on the podcast. <laughs> that was the giveaway. One. I was hoping we'd I'm I'm we come one. to I think Estherick has helped me there because I was going to say Smoko. But Smoke I got a little bit more from calling it and not getting hurt. So he's le- he learned from his uh, his uh, itchy trigger finger last week when he jumped in early. When so. did you get that lock? At what point? Uh, <laughs> after the f- only had one rider. No, yeah. after thirteen. I saw you go for the pen early. I saw you no. reach for the pen event. Really, so. first or second? Yeah. Yeah. Toby's reached into the archive and uh, he's produced one nil. T done. Okay. Name the two West Australian sprinters that have won King Stands at Royal Ascot. Hey, Toby. Pete. Pete. Ah, yes. Phoenix Blast and Very good. Squares the ledger. One apiece. The crowd favourite lifts. Speaking of scenic, <laughs> speaking of scenic blast, this is a question, by the way. Yes, question. Next question. Speaking of scenic blast, how many countries did the globe trotting scenic blast race? Toby, Toby, Toby. Uh, four, five. Oh. <laughs> I thought he was done. Well done. It, Toby is correct. Well, wow. Uh, five is the answer. Scenic Blast race in Australia, the UK, Japan, Hong Kong, and the USA. So, T done. That was special. 2 1. Okay. 
Here we go. We've got a contest on our hands. Next question. Name the Ganjimi brothers trained the now Ganjimi. Toby. Oh, Toby. Sam is that? Incorrect. Pete. Pete gets the whole question. It's a tough one, though. Name the now Ganjimi brothers trained sprinter that defeated Montalina in the 2020 Breeders' Classic at Bunbury. The now Ganjimi trained. Ooh, that's interesting. The Breeders' Classic at Bunbury. Which race was that? <laughs> um, that would be... Three, two... One. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hang on. Some <laughs> No, the answer is money matters. <laughs> oh, I, oh, yeah, I wouldn't have got that many <laughs> years yeah. either. No, I was thinking some sort when 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 it was only because that's a recent trainer change, but I knew some sort wouldn't have won at thirteen or fourteen hundred, whatever it is. Money matters won a uh, a breeders. It also won a Hannons and a Roma Cup. I think. When the problem is they Roma. buy that many horses, you can't just narrow it down to one or two. Yeah. All right. Next question, Toby two, Pete one. What? So name the listed race. Amosinus won over twelve hundred meters at Belmont last Toby, July. Toby. Toby. Um, H. G. Bolton. Oh, he's done it. I think, good. Pete, I think Pete had a bad line there. The Padawan. Oh, Pete, Pete's got a bloody bad line. I'm in Esperance. I've been yelling my name twice for every question. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've heard you. We just, we just don't listen the first time. Toby, oh. he's got the money again. Three, one, congratulations. That's three masterminds. That's $300 worth of vouchers. You're getting closer to that, <laughs> to enough to have a decent, uh, decent oh, time. Just I'll run out of fingers shortly. <laughs> Mate, congratulations. Very sharp. Go Digging deep into the archives. New, old questions. You have to applaud him. Well done, Toby. Good stuff. Thank you. And thank you, Pete, for trying your best, but... <laughs> Oh, well, actually, well, both well know, Toby. I was too busy celebrating last night after uh, having short talk as uh, one of my best of the year. So, uh, so short talk. It's, uh, it's, it's hard living up the good life at the moment. So uh, if anyone wants to see me, I'll be out and about this Friday having lunch and uh, then kicking on afterwards. So um, I don't want to get too, too carried away with myself. So it's good not having a real job anymore. <laughs> Mastermind or not, Pete is still oh, one of our yeah. very favourites here at the One One. Pete, thanks a lot for uh, for jumping in late and uh, helping us out here at the One One and uh, having a crack at the Mastermind. But as we all know, there can only be one winner, and this week it's Toby Dunn, three straight. Toby, will we be able to find you next Thursday to uh, try and win a fourth straight Mastermind? Of course, of course. Very good. Mate. I can't let the people down. <laughs> I'm like Riverboy. I'd never let the people down. <laughs> Very good, Toby. Look forward to chatting to you next Thursday. Pete, always a pleasure. Thanks again, guys. Cheers, boys. Go well. Thanks, lads. Boys. That was pretty impressive, I thought. Yeah, I'm just trying to understand his final line, though. I'm like Riverboy. I'm going to let the team down. <laughs> Is that a voice. joke? <laughs> Riverboy? Come on, Toby. I don't know who beats him, though. <laughs> Yes, so we're gonna to have to do some digging. Have to do, do some digging. So we need to get someone for. Uh, he travels well. Well, the fact that he was able to get the uh, the, the scenic blast question. How old's Toby? Is he twenty one yet? Twenty. Uh, he looks about, about. I'd say he's about twenty. Yeah. yeah. So that when did you say Barakey finished racing? Two thousand and fifteen. 
Yeah, that's a, so he would have only been a young fellow when that happened, and he knew the sink blast stuff. So yeah, good on him. And the the five countries that was that was uh, good. That, that was that yeah. was good. Yeah, that was mastermind worthy for sure. All three of us had to use our heads to put that together. <laughs> thinking, oh, yeah. This was stuff for we had sure. To use our, he- our heads and our fingers to count. <laughs> Just five minutes to come up with that question. And he well, got it he did within seconds. He did. That's good stuff. Uh, so next week he'll be going for four straight on the the Mundaring Hotel Tabo Racing Mastermind. But we better get back to this preview before we move on to race five. Just let the listeners over here any banging and crashing uh, coming through the mics. The uh, the Perth Racing Guru is getting some his air conditioning f- fixed for the uh, for studio. 1-1 here at 1-1 one HQ. So um, apologies if you any, get any banging and crashing coming through the mics, but uh, we're going to press on with this preview regardless and try and knock it out of the park and find a few more winners. So we're moving on to race five. It's the happy 80th birthday Margie handicap. Graduation over the 1,600 metres. Lockie Taylor going to bring you in on this one. Thoughts? It's an interesting race. I don't is. mind one here, but... First question and first initial thoughts in regards to the race is who leads and who are the other horses that are on speed? Yeah, that was the first thing that came to mind when I was started this race, just having a quick scan. I was like, okay, so who's going to lead? So there are horses who can lead but prefer not Not to. to. So I ended up thinking they might roll forward, Jerry Noski might roll forward on Overthought and take up the running. Yeah. Um, Overthought was really good first up, uh, first up fifth in the Billy Ain't Silly race. It has led in the past races, but when it usually races on speed, it's usually 1,800 metres, 2,000, those sorts of races. And at a genuine clip. Yeah. So I thought it could it could roll to the front. They might just see that there's no speed and just take it on. And uh, Kesh Duran and Sentimental Queen from 10, I imagine they're thinking that in a race with – in a low tempo, low speed race, that they might, their best bet might to be roll forward on her as well. So I'd overthought Sentimental Queen. They're probably going to have to kick up from gate one on downforce and land leaders back. And yep. um, and I don't know, depending on how forward Tina Kutu is, considering it's had three barrier trials leading up, I imagine they're probably going to have to roll forward on Tina Kutu as well. Be interesting. Yeah. Regardless, I th- loved the first up run of Sentimental Queen. Mm. I think that Billy ain't. Silly form should stack up 72 plus back to a graduation that's always going to suck me in. Where Kershaw gets to from the draw, as we've touched upon, we don't really know. But I think the big thing for Sentimental Queen is that she just appreciates galloping room. Last prep, she won a couple times, three deep with cover. As long as she has galloping room from the 600 meter mark, I think she's always going to be thereabouts. And I'm trying to lead. We just touched upon the fact that, for those who don't know, Terry left the room. (laughs) Tibet. (laughs) Typically in the end. (laughs) We just spoke about the fact that potentially settles outside a horse like Overthought. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I think she goes past a horse like Overthought and the horses behind her are either still building into their prep or, to me, aren't that genuine. So Overthought leads. That's, That's what, what we potentially yeah. thought, yeah. Mm, I think Crescent City will, will be more we'll aggressive with Harvey. Yeah, yeah, pump I think, I think they've been a bit defensive on it. But uh, this just it looks like one of those races that could just turn into a complete and utter mess. You know, on the bend they do go too slow and something decides to take it on and uh, just, yeah, looks ugly. In that sense, yeah, you, you get a Ukbar Ted mid-race move or something like that. <laughs> 
in that sense, a, a barrier 10 might not be a bad thing. Yeah, 100%. Because you, you either roll forward and you're out of trouble or you go back and you're wide and out of trouble. Yeah. Sometimes being caught back in the ruck uh, yeah. on those messy type of races. Like I sort of think about that race on Monday, won by Holy Ghost. Yeah. It just turned that this sort of gives you that type of a feel. So um yeah, just being patient and coming wide and so to horse like uh, yeah, Sentimental Queen is just going so well. Like it's just so much better than these. It's just about weather. It either A, if it does land in the breeze, is its finishing burst, um, is her finishing burst, sorry, blunted. Yeah. Um second half, yeah. Or does she just get caught deep and she She's just unfortunately she's she's cooked from the barrier. So um, you're just backing a good a good ride. Mm. Sentimental Queen. Uh, Teddy Kutu first up. Yep. Uh, won the Aquarius Stakes over two thousand meters listed in the back in uh, July and defeated Crescent City incidentally on that occasion. Um, now has had three trials leading into this. It's his latest being on the 10th of January. What are you? What are we expecting from Kina to Tina Kutu first up? I think he'll run well, but I just feel like Adam and these staying types, there's a certain level of building into there's no their rush. prep. Yeah. yeah. So I think they'll drop back to near on last and just as long as he runs on, they'll be happy. Mm-hmm. And Fashion Queen? Uh, yeah, I just always knew it was going to be under my price, so wasn't all that interested. A um, lot harder for Holly. Last last start, I just couldn't have. Like I, I said to who was it? Someone backed him, and I said, "Geez, that was a dollar ten at the Theos, and yeah. like, they're just a mess in front." Pike's sitting there laughing. So um, yeah, look, if, if it's a mess again, and Holly gets out at the right time, it'll be hard to hold out. But um, I'm always just happy to take one on the start after. Um, has if, a birthday. If, yeah, has a birthday and mm-hmm. Pike to Holly as well. So. Um, Five fifty opened with Brad Bett. Yeah, it's actually, it's funny because I, it's I I was taking it on and I had it shorter in my yeah. I, I had it like four eighty, yeah. and I knew that that was like way 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 over what it will probably jump. Yeah. But in saying that, I didn't take it just because um, I was already into that mindset. But uh, yeah, sentimental queen three dollars ten for me. I uh, would have had it shorter. Had it drawn a gate, it would have been very short, mm. I'd suspect. And um, just for a, for the blowout is definitely sluice box. If it's a messy race, they all bunch up. This is a horse they just keep putting apprentice, 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 yeah. apprentice, apprentice on. Goes really good when seniors do jump on board. If it's a mess and there's a horse coming down the outside, it, it's it's a big chance it's um it's sluice box. So yeah, it's sixteen dollars. It's over my market. A lay a lay is over my price at seventeen dollars. Um, Funny, funny the race, isn't it? I thought if there, it was a mess and one's going to come blouse and white, it might be Deputano, but it's coming off a hoof abscess and is yeah. uh, 28 days between runs. But Pike Bush, goes Bush on. Is. Is, it, is it bars? Pike goes on, gets back. Yeah, Lindsay Smith's day will sort of try to churn out a few more winners. So, um, But, yeah, it does look – top weight does look to have the class edge and that Billy Ainsley form really sort of stacks up, doesn't it? So that looks the way to go. I, I like Fashion Queen with the run it's going to get with the claim and come, might just get have that – Confident. That was a pretty soft win the other day. So, coming off a confidence booster, it can it can step up and go close again. But uh, it does look the uh, the race for uh, sentimental queen, the top weight race six at the Ballast Racing Stables handicap over the sixteen hundred meters ratings seventy two plus. We spoke about this horse when we were assessing the chances of trade war earlier. It's Chevelle de Varga going for five straight wins. Lockie, what do you know about this horse? What's the story here? I was. I forgot to message you guys last week, actually, when you guys were discussing the story. The horse is on a lease agreement from right. Wally Daly to 
Meryl I see, I see, I see the owners updated in the race book. It's got, yeah, a different name. J.L. Davies, yeah. and that is Meryl's partner. Got Okay, gotcha. I believe. So, yeah, that, that is the story in regards to Cheval de Varga. Right. So, from a yard point of view, you, you, it's one, two class threes midweek, and it's come to town, and it's been sensational, and it's two graduation handicap wins, and then now it's moving into 72-plus company. What can you what – what, it just looks like a very – Nice size, strong animal, beautiful thoroughbred, and he always has been. And yeah. he might just be one of those horses that has just needed time. Yeah. And now that he's a six-year-old, he's come into his own and probably doesn't have the same issues that he potentially once had as a three, four-year and five-year-old. And and now we're just seeing the best of him. We see these horses all the time. They just they're a slow burn, and you take that little bit more time with them, and eventually they got moved on to another stable and. And now Meryl and been and to her, yeah, and now <laughs> Meryl's just reaping the rewards of probably a patient approach from from Wally Daly. You're right there. It's only had 16 starts, Chevelle de Vargo, and it's a six year old. So my yeah. favorite part of that win last week was um, how well uh, he held Tragor in the final hundred on meters. the line. Yeah, I actually thought he was going just just as well to the line at, uh, at the 300. You thought, oh, I think Tragor's. On here, and then I, wish yeah. it, well, I was hoping it was. On, yeah. <laughs> and then Pike just yeah, I think great he was toying with I, that's that's what I miss most about Pike is like when in the straight he even the horse is leading even when the horse is um, it's been without cover from the top of the straight. Everyone, there seems to be two gears for a lot of jockeys. It's wait or go. Yeah. There's just, he's got proper gears like, and he goes through them and you just know that when he asks for that extra bit of effort or that little bit more effort, it's like people that probably back rock and Rupert when he sat three. That was a pretty ordinary ride, to be honest, in a small field. Um, but you just know that he's going to, doesn't he always has that extra gear in there's hand. And once, yeah, you can yeah. tell once he's used that extra gear and you're cooked. But um, yeah, I just thought that was super impressive. And you've got to, you've got to allow for the fact that Pike's not on it again. Kesh. It will be a ride that he probably gets wrong at some point. He's yeah. got it right every time to this point in time, but there's no room for error at 72 plus grade. Yeah. The We better touch on that. Pike, uh, just, we're just reading a story on the West Lockie and I that uh, William Pike will have his last day riding in West Australia on Sunday. So Perfect. we just get Ascot Saturday and Pinjarra Sunday to see uh, the Wizard in action before he transfers his riding career to Sydney, uh, the, you're right about that Pike thing. The genius of Pike is he's able to get horses to quicken and not move on them. And it must be something through the hands or through the legs or the feet, whatever it is, he's he's got this communication or this access into the horse where he can he can just get them. Like the Cheval de Varga just traveled so sweetly for him the other day and um, he just was able to conserve and with 59 and a half to be able to race on top of that searing tempo have fuel in reserve and to be able to with, withstand trade war, who went enormous, I thought, um, and still eke out a length victory was significant. Big so. gaps back to third at both their last meetings. Yeah. Well. Probably indicative of what they were racing against too. True. There wasn't much but the, in the, the race, but the, big gaps. The, the times were there, I thought. And what were the ratings like, Terry, for don't, Chevelle? doesn't matter. And times don't matter either to me. Anyway. But don't you uh, – you, no. you were speaking about data. rating data before. For sprinters, I think it's important. Yeah. Uh, over the 1,000, 1,200 metres, I think it's quite key. Yeah. Um, I, I was looking at the, the numbers. Do you reckon they said that this will test you went 12 lengths quicker than bench to the six uh, on Monday? The, the win? Oh, really? Hmm. Although the leader did at least, who, who ended up leading uh, Zeebel. 12, 9. 
But I'll double your bills. It was a lot. Um, I just saw it. Didn't, didn't seem that to me. Didn't didn't look that to me. Yeah, did plutocracy get plutocracy get um, retired? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there was a big sad. there was a big surge between the eight and the four. So I don't know if they went that quick to the six hundred. So. I don't know. Yeah, don't but know. um, but yeah. So all right. So sounds like that's just me sucking. By the way, I'm really big into not no data at the moment. Really big into it. I think the data is just a hindrance for me personally. Each their own. So really big on that. That's just that's just me just uh, having an overreaction. I apologize. <laughs> Still friends. <laughs> Trying to use my new Moneyball app, and I don't understand how it works. <laughs> so I sensed in your voice, Terry, that uh, the, the the caution on Keshaw and no, the, the, the rise, like, the rising rate. That's unfair rate. as well. That's I'm not because it's a pretty it, on paper. It's it looks, a, it looks a, a nice race, ride. Yeah. He should just probably try and track the back of Bruce type thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it looks a, oh, it's more than a winnable race. Yeah. I'm you know what I photo. found interesting about the race and looking at the form of. Cheval de Vaga was that in a lot of his wins, the horses that have ran second or third, fourth to him have been back markers and he's just had a tactical advantage on them at the top of the straight and all of a sudden he has a rock-hard fit, Bruce Almighty, that is going to be on speed. And I don't know where you think Chile is hot is going to get in the run, but it might not be that far off Cheval de Vaga either and all of a sudden he actually has quality horses well, not quality, but decent horses within a length or two of him. Exactly right. It's it's intriguing, and I love the theorem. Some horses carry weight, and you can go up to a seventy-two plus, and they find it too hard because the weight relief isn't doesn't impact on that much. While other horses don't handle the weight as well. So, um, yeah, fascinating watch. I, I this race had excitement when Brad went up, and um, I'm happy having giving Brad a whack because Brad's in. I tell you what, as a give him a little pump pump up. He's in good nick as a, as a punter at the moment. He, uh, he tipped Mr. Brilliant yesterday and um, he threw a few smart ones out yesterday, but he cooked the Ginger Baker price this morning. He went up $10, Ginger Baker, and that was just each oh, way. That would have been each way all day. $10. I was hoping everyone else followed because we can't really get on a huge amount there. But, um, yeah, $10 I think he went up. I better make sure I don't sell him. Was that, that was the was one that interested me. Hey, Ginger? That, yeah. yeah, I mean, that last – I love a horse that – can do all the work it did last start, get to the breeze and still give such a nice kick and still yeah. make the leader, which was Fashion Queen, work hard, you know, to to get there in the end. Um, but, yeah, the, the four – yeah, it was 10 you went up. But the and I think something that punters – Come on, bro. Come on, bro. I think Go something on. that punters around <laughs> WA are going to have to keep a really close eye on Brad's is, prices? <laughs> yes, one. And two, Brad Parnham riding – Firstly, Vern, Vern Brockman, Vern Brockman and, and two, Ryan Hill, because essentially Vern's Vern and and Ryan are essentially training, not together, but uh, Ryan does a lot of work yep. with yeah, Vern. Yeah. And, and he has done, he has done for a while. Forever. And that's the reason why Brad is all of a sudden riding essentially all of Vern's horses. Ah, very nice. And the horse is fourth up. And I think it's ready to win. Did you? I loved how they uh, tried to hide Island Miss in that <laughs> yeah. trial, and I thought, God, you made that more obvious. Yeah, it's yeah. um, yeah, that was uh, it was good to see uh, them win, get Ryan get his first win under his name at least. Bruce Almighty is obviously a better railer. Um, does he find the rail with Misty Lad in the in game? I think they'll be more aggressive on Misty Lad here, yeah. but I think um, Chris would would love to get across Misty yeah. Lad if, yeah. if, he, if he can do. That's um, that's that's a that's a huge part of this race, I think. Yeah. Yep. 
Uh, what price do you have Chevelle de Vargo? Um, the market's my market, basically. I'm all, I'm pretty similar. I'm, I'm going to respect what Chevelle is doing. Um, so respect it, but not take the price. Nah, yeah. I'm three. Oh, sorry, I'm three ten Chevelle. Just a little. I don't know. I'm just expecting a pop at some point. Maybe because I haven't been on board yet. Three ten yeah. Chevelle, uh, four sixty Bruce, four sixty Ginger. Chili's um, on ten bucks. Okay, really piss weak. Piss weak last start. Having a tough day, you get past Bogart. You beat Bogart. Just for me, you Just beat Bogart. Just do it. Come on. <laughs> Dearie me. So you are kidding me. Absolutely kidding me. How do you not beat Bogart from that position? <laughs> Never backing you again. And the horse will be really offended by that too. I'm sure. Coming in hot is mm. the guru. Um, yeah, Chirald Vargo on, on top again. Uh, hopefully Brad goes on Betfair late and puts up some $10 Ginger Baker again and we might get involved. Like, <laughs> what do you reckon? 10s and 280 a hole. That was uh, – Sounds good. Jeez, that would have been each failed day. Hopefully he's had a few. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Race seven. Race the, seven. The Amelia Park Handicap. Another 1,000-meter race. Feels like it's the ninth 1,000-meter race, but it's a rating 66-plus – and one of the one of the uh, lovers of the Ascot Thousand in particular is the top weight Acromantula, but does have to do it this time with sixty kilos and jumping from gate eleven. Go speed map for us, Guru. Well, the three leaders all get shoes on or pads on. Yeah, it's quite incredible. Um, Sassy Acro and well, mood swings probably tucks, but they're just the on that. Did Acro match the race uh, with pads on last front time? last time? Now it's hind as well. Okay, so I you, think double check that though. But um, give me a sec. Yeah, that was look a at the stewards' report. I thought they were on behind. They were on behind Acromantula. So they're not. It's not new. They can't cook that. It's not a change. Sort of change. I'm positive. It's sort of change. You can't cook that that badly. That's really important. I'm just looking forward to the last race when we get to discuss the. Um, uh, hang on, it's not the last race. Which race was it? Hang on, might be this one. Hang on, Lockie's looking it up anyway. Oh god, this is worth saying. Ah, uh, yeah, whack and tanker. Bar plates front off, bar plates front on, bar plates front on. Does that mean two wrongs make a right? Or <laughs> how, does, how does that work? Okay, first of the first. Acromantula, yep. pads on, both hinds. Yeah. So the gear change has actually it, already it, been released. It's not a change. Oh, so it's not a change. It's no. not a change, no. So, he, so you did your markets not realising <laughs> nah, that, that he bolted in. Didn't that. matter too much. I, I've really got Acromantula penned as a, as a rail horse. The moment I don't have it finding the rail, I'm happy to take on Acromantula here. So, so the other two that Terry was going to get to before I interrupted was Mood Swings with concussion plates on front First time. and Sassy Trader pads on front. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Sassy Trader trolled really well 10 days ago, uh, 12 from the race. If those pads are on in the trial, I wouldn't be as perturbed, um, to be honest with you, but I we don't know. So, yeah. um, look, I'm, I'm just going to take them on, all three of them. They're your three speed horses. They're your three, probably your three best horses in the race, I think it's probably a fair enough call. But, um, look, with, with the little issues with what they're wearing on their feet, the fact Acro won't find the breeze, the fact Sassy, um, well, Sassy's the one. I, I would actually probably be interested in Sassy had it not been, had I known if they were on in the trial. Um, but just with the gear changes, it suggests their preparations haven't been ideal. There have been some niggling issues, so we'll take those on. Um, yeah, I, I, I was hoping to have something. I was, the price has already started to move here, which has thinned me a bit. But uh, I think Brooklyn Pier is an expensive horse to follow but i think there's been i think this is the race this setup the race, yeah. so three back deep 
outside Island Charm was a really nice run. Uh, two starts ago, that was a nice setup for it. Had the back of Acromantula, this will test you, and it was sort of coming at him on the line. It was just, a, it was a fair, even run. It held go forward. Um, it was a fair, even run. It gets a couple of kilos on Acromantula. It parks soft on him. It doesn't have the gear issues here. Um, it just ticks a lot of boxes in a race where you might just need to be in that spot to get out and get past the horses with some issues. Uh, I was looking, hoping for $10 each way. It's now sort of already 10 to 8, which uh, I'll have to have a bit of a think about. But um, I actually thought Brooklyn Pier's last run, um, when not getting cover, uh, was good over the 1,200, and we think this horse uh, is better over the 1,000 metres too. So I think the winner comes from Brooklyn Pier or Strathmore Rose, who has good gate speed, won't be – the barrier's not an issue for me there. I think they'll find a spot in about sixth. Yep. Uh, there should be gaps in this field, and I think the winner comes from those two, but Strathmore Rose last I looked was 350 or something, which wasn't going to get me. 420 now, Strathmore. 420. Yeah. So, um, Actually, 480 you can get in some places. 480, I hear you, mate. Marcus are all over the shop. Yeah. Um, but yeah, wouldn't surprise me. I think a King's Authority can win the race. I don't think that's impossible. Probably jumps 40 to one late. Um, yeah, sticky race with all those bloody gear changes on the leaders. Lucky. Acromanch a little big take on though. Brooklyn PA, I agree with everything Terry said in the sense that you get a reasonable price, but he is a horse that has been costly. Mood Swings is the horse that I love from a form perspective. You just race book order. Spin the knife, all day session, hot Zed, mm. Will Chino, the front bar. And now he's in a 66 plus. Hot Zed was, uh, Hot Zed Miss Kentucky mood swings as well. So that's the one. The gear change is slight concern, but the fact that you get 850, I think 850 mood swings and $8 Brooklyn Pier at the moment. The price is allowed for it, hasn't it? Exactly. Yeah. So that's the way I'd play this race. Yep. Yeah, I don't mind that. I, I like Strathmore Rose. The Terry, were you keen first up? Yeah, it went good first up. That was a very weak race. Yeah. Um, well, but was, she just got crossed. Platinum Bullet, Mantelli, I think there was – Bo was sort of trying to angle out and not lose momentum at the same time, which is always a challenge. Yeah. And I thought she did not a bad job of her. And then Strathmore Rose, I, like, I just liked her last 100. Showed a bit of fight to me, like, like the way that she lengthened and lowered and found the line. Pike going on, second up, trigger coming to town. Uh, I think this is a really good setup for Strathmore Rose. I think this is a nice Pike ride where he's just going to hopefully find a back, peel, and then get bang. Yeah. What price? Uh, Strathmore Rose, I was, where are we? I was 450. What were you? Uh, yeah, very. I think I was 480. Yeah. Strathmore Rose. What price is she now? 450, 480. So it's barely, it's barely there in a race where, as I said, you just don't know. If, mood, of, swing, if of, mood Swings handles those plates, I'm with Lockheed 850. Yeah. Bloody huge. I would have marked Mood Swings a clear favourite, but yeah. I, I give them big, I give horses big, big marks down for um, any type of issues whatsoever. Do you have a scale? Yeah. No. What's. No. Yeah. You get a feel from different stables and go, geez, they've won a few times with them on. Like David Harrison seems to be a good user of them. Um, George Dupre, I've got no real idea. Um, but you sort of get a feel. Some people just want to run their horses but and you, they're running you, for the sake But of you, really want, really, you really want mood swings to be at its best. Like, How did Rainer Fire go last week? Uh, nah. Went poorly. Uh, so that's, poorly. Off, that's off a little didn't setback go, like that for yeah, a trainer yeah. who looks after his horses really quite well. So. Didn't go poorly but didn't. The, yeah. yeah. As we said, at its best it would have yeah. shut in. Yeah. But, you know, like you – Mood Swings probably needs to be at his best to win this race. If he's a length off his best, can he still win? 
Probably um, not. You know, that's the thing that we we got to factor in, I suppose. But uh, but yeah, I, I really like mood swing, especially over the Ascot thousand. If conditions are suiting, then it's probably. Um, going to be a good setup for him but uh, if sassy trade is right it's oh yeah. bloody hard to run down from the top and if you yeah. can get acromantula chasing from the bend over the thousand oh, meters we should yeah. found a race over 12 first up yeah. sassy yeah. yeah i was okay i thought it was 1200 win performances last prep was super so. I, I think it's 1200 meter runs are better than it's yeah okay. meter runs. similar to uh, my baby, baby blue, blue jean. Jean. i just yep. think she controls the speed yeah he i should say controls the speed and just from there he's awfully hard to catch mm -hmm. doesn't find the front here Yep. I thought Mood Swings might try and lead, but you got box seating. Oh, I just thought I don't think it matters much, for him to be too know. much pressure. Yeah, yeah okay. I think if you lead it, could be detrimental at the end of the race. Acromantula's going to try and do one thing. Um, yeah, there's some pretty quick ones there. All right, let's move forward to the feature of the day Scenic Blast Stakes, race eight, 6 30 p.m. This race, uh, listed 125,000, the third in the uh, series of summer sprinting features. We started with the Summer Scorcher, then we moved on to the Miss Andretti, and now we've got the Scenic Blast. And the horse that has won both those lead-up races and is the current favourite for the Scenic Blast is number five, the Flying Miss Kentucky. Uh, thoughts on the Scenic Blast stakes, Lockie? I am a massive fan of Miss Kentucky, and I can't see any reason as to why she can't win. Again, on Saturday afternoon, clairvoyance, you'd think, would have improved off the run considering she had had so long off but that also concerns me as well that also worries me as to what that potentially has taken out of her it was a hard run race she had to do a lot of work to find the front and then there were issues after the race you'd almost like to see 21 days between runs i think yeah, yeah. i almost had the thought that dan mccauliffe might go four weeks between runs into the next 1200 meter race yeah which is the cereal flower yeah. exactly knowing that simon has been very public about that this will be miss kentucky's last run for the prep i don't think that's a concern for miss kentucky but i just thought that might be not a better way to play for clairvoyance but just maybe a safer way but yeah miss kentucky you can't knock her form and i think that letting you on to a certain extent as well if money comes for clairvoyance again you're going to get another stupid price for miss kentucky and you can't not take it yeah riley uh, morgan uh, was got a comment here on twitter sort of going 330 350 four bucks miss kentucky mm -hmm. i saw a, a couple of them last start and he was he was bang on so it's an interesting one for those and i i'm i'm a big fan of if you're not a big fan but it's hard to jump in if you missed a couple of wins but i've got no issue jumping in here to be honest with you i it's probably cost me a few dollars being a bit heavy Gemma's son this last couple and that's why i've had miss kentucky and it's just not worked out for me personally but um look bad luck can always cost you races with this style of racing mm -hmm. uh i see red will be in a better position yeah. than miss kentucky yeah. but miss kentucky is just winning like she's better than him chris is handling her well kenny luck is a great marker they'll all catch kenny luck there shouldn't be an issue there clairvoyance from the breeze that's a hard spot to win from even at your very best i think that's a, just a, it's a difficult spot i thought clairvoyance first up was huge i thought yeah. she went so good and if kenny luck wasn't in this race i reckon i'd consider being on clairvoyance here <laughs> which surprises me um sorry I'm thinking of something. So if Kenny Luck leads and if William Pike leads has... without doubt. Has, yeah. Everyone isn't jumping. And so I, Willie Pike then has in his head already that he overdid it to find the front last Is up. there an overcorrection? Does he hold on to her for too long? And when Kenny Luck, as we expect him to come back to the field, 
in a race of this quality, does that then bring the whole field a little bit closer and you take away clairvoyance and strength? I don't know, probably just... I reckon clairvoyance could end up with a back. Mm. I reckon it's not impossible that a Bahod Z or whoever they ride forward ends up racing. Um, well, Lockie's got one in it. He's a go forward horse, Karakapa. Well, the plan was actually to be ridden cold last start. I reckon Karakapa cost Gemma's son that race as well. I'm 100% serious. I don't know. Miss Kentucky was great and I'm not taking anything away from her, but the way I'd she was no I Andrew got it bang on. I'd got it like we would have had the back of Clairvoyance. Clairvoyance gave a great kick on straightening considering the work she'd yeah, done. that's true. Um, and Gemma's son would have been off and going and I reckon they would have found it very hard to get her, but Karakapa, and um, he had to level up. Anyway, Lockie, I'll send you the invoice. But um, <laughs> Cheers, yeah. Lockie and Lackdale put their heads together. Look what happens. The most interesting part for me is what Lockie just said. <laughs> they're letting you on to some extent. Do you think they're letting you on now? Like I'm – so I'm I'm sort of like $2.30, I think, Miss Kentucky. Mm. But I'm like, oh, I don't – I, I haven't pulled a trigger yeah, yet. I'm thinking they're, they're letting you on, but – this might not. This is the best. Yeah, is this the best? I looked through the rest of them, and there are too many horses under the odds here. Okay, very quickly. Uh, I see reds not. It's the right price. It's about seven fifty. Hot Z. I think will only be longer. Fifteen. And you're talking seventeen. Long Beach. Outrageous is about the right price. Point of difference. Amasinus, um got its win in the Bolton, which was it's got it ten points, and it puts it so poorly in. It's it's a costly ten points for Amasinus, I think you'll find Kenny Luck. Floyd's about a rather price. Jericho Missile can run a really big race. Yeah. Here. It's yeah. it's it's well suited. I just think it's a couple of lengths off him. But there's a few, like even the bottom one, sort of Karakapo at 35. Luke's gold starting triple figures. <laughs> Karakapo will start 100 to 1. Luke's gold yep. will start 100 to 1. Cryptic Glove will start the best part of 100 to 1. That's not big. That's only 9% of the market between the three of them. But that'll end up being 2% of the market or 3% of the market. So I think that 125 you're currently looking at has it's it's all about clairvoyance. It is yeah. all about what will if she does get the wobbles. Um, then yeah, you might be lucky. Oh, hang on, what's Miss Kentucky now? I might have spoken a bit too. Two seventy-five on Brad. About that on everywhere else. Ah, uh, she has moved since we've been talking, actually. Clairvoyant. So, well, she was sort of two eighty, two ninety, three dollars across. Now you're sort of talking, yeah, two sixty, two seventy. Well, Clairvoyant's is three fifty. Ah, uh, Miss Kentucky. Yeah. Sorry. Um. So yeah, I, I just there's a big chance they could come for Miss Kentucky this time, but. Just with clairvoyance has passed again with the data and stuff. She's she's a big chance. Oh, we're back they, on the data. Are we? Well, for the price for pricing for pricing, it's if important. It's the narrative. This then. is well, this is about pricing, not about finding the winner. Okay. Um, if if the money comes for clairvoyance, you're a chance of getting your three dollars plus late again. Did so. you hear about what happened to clairvoyance? Well, during the race and then post race. No, no. So she had a Norton bid on, and essentially her tongue got caught between the two metal pieces that the Norton bit the Norton bit goes in the horse's oh, mouth. Gee yeah, it's like essentially like putting a sandwich in a toasted sandwich maker and instead of it's her tongue. Wow. So that's an excuse. Massive. Mm. So Clairvoyance has had that issue last start, Lockie, which was which would did you say was reported by Julio Santarelli? Yeah. So um that couldn't have helped her performance, but still a bit of a wild card as to I know William Pike spoke a couple of times, Scotty asked him before he was legged aboard clairvoyance the other day and he went, actually went and worked it mm. and said that she was flying basically in the William Pike kind of way. And um, so maybe that really gave him that confidence to ride her that aggressively. Maybe he just thought that she, she's just too good. So interesting to see what happens there. Clairvoyance, we know the best of her. Um, will she ever be able to recapture her best again considering all the trials and tribulations that she's been through health-wise? But um, 
at her best. You know, geez, she's if Miss Kentucky spotting clairvoyance four or five at the top of the straight, like it's well, it's going to be a great battle late. So, uh, but I think Terry mentioned it at the start. I think this is a pretty handy little setup for Icy Red. Icy Red, if if Miss Kentucky encounters traffic, if clairvoyance just burns out, flames out, um, like she did last start. Then he's going to be Johnny on the spot, I think, from the gate. He's the Wait, man. was pretty good behind Miss Kentucky. He's going to get the right right setup. I think he could be the if the if the two faves, he's next man, next cab off the rank. Terry, get out stakes time. Ah, all right, ready? Okay, it is now time for the get out stakes. It's hard to do this with enthusiasm when you're cracking the shit about missing <laughs> some prices. S T E A K S. <laughs> Who's it, uh, who's it brought to us by, BJ? Loving the enthusiasm, Guru. Yeah, uh, get out steaks. Brought to us by Market City Meats, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, located at the Canningvale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt has a tremendous team, good operators out there at Market City Meats, so make sure you support them, swing past, pick up some of your uh, small good suppliers out there at Market City Meats. Congratulations to episode 111, Get Out Steaks winner Novak Smith. Um, now Novak, I think that's his fourth get out stakes victory for Novak. The Joker. So the Joker, he uh, he doesn't mess around. Smith, he's got a he's got a tactic that he uses where he just uses the same margin week in mm. week out, and it's actually proved quite successful for him. Um, has been beaten under the Sam White rule as well, so he could actually have five get out stakes for Novak. So that's a pretty Elite. that's that's and on Sean Nichols is. Um, um, we need to send out a SOS for Sean. The goat hasn't uh, hasn't collected for a while, but uh, Smith is staking his claim as uh, as I said on Twitter there as one as an all time get out stakes great. His uh, burning to survive prediction was nearest the pin, and uh, he picked up that gourmet beef package from Market City Meats. Now to enter this week's get out stakes race nine Ascot on Scenic Blast Stakes Day. Send us a tweet at the one one pod. Let us know who you think will win and a decimal winning margin. Two decimals preferred. And lucky, never forget the Sam White rule, mate. First in, best dressed. First in, best dressed. Terry is uh, he's just not with us at the moment. He's, he's under under enormous duress. So I'll, 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 I'll let him build into the get out stage, which is <laughs> race. I'll, ra- I'll start actually. Race no nine. Interest. Absolutely no interest whatsoever. <laughs> race nine is the Crown Perth Handicap. The This is a zero metro win last year race, which I certainly advocate on Saturdays. However, this had this had 30 nominations, I'm pretty sure, this race. 30. Yeah. It was a huge, it was a cracker. And Where then all go. of a sudden they've all fallen apart. And we, we've even had two scratchings post-acceptance time, which has left us with lamenting with a bit of a sort of a sort of a sort of a wet lettuce leaf finish to the race, <laughs> isn't it? The 10 races. Um Terry's got no interest. Have you got any interest, Lockie? Some. Yeah. But firstly, did you know that I've had one entrance? I've entered once in the get-out stakes and I saved it for this particular day. It was on the day of the Christmas party, the Narogen Narogen version. That is the only time I've entered (laughs) and the meeting got called off. (laughs) I've got to blame you then. (laughs) Maybe round two on Saturday. Actually, the Narogen Cup's coming up soon. Hopefully uh, we get a race name or two. Yeah, what's the the go? I think that's the consolation prize we're going to – we're going to have a name or two on Narrowden Cup days. So looking forward to that. But um, Crown Perth Handicap, get our stakes. Lockie, it is a bit of a low-key sort of finish to the day coming off the uh, feature 
miss um sorry the feature scenic blast stakes so what can we do here at this point i'm probably not willing to take the price of a few of the horses that are in the market double spice crystal dane the Fugazi, even keep your feet none of them really interest me so i just thought i'd look a little bit longer and I thought Agent Kensington might be able to run a race at an each way price. I think this is her grade. I think she's on her mark. And there's probably only one at tops, two more wins in her. Mm-hmm. But with Chris Parnham aboard, if he can just weave his magic in a race where a lot of the speed is drawn out, yeah. I think he can lob a nice spot for her. And from there, if the leaders are stopping, I think she'll be in that middle ground and be strong enough like okay. Agent Kensington. Uh, I thought you would have been keen on the Fugazi Terror. I just had you had that. Yeah, well, how, well, how can we like? We're trying to bet into a race where a horse is fresh off sixty days. They've got another one in the race who's first up. Double Spice travels to town. Um, I just there's just so we, there's just so many question marks we can't sort of put an answer in. The Fugazi is the horse I'll have on top. It's, yeah, it's the best horse in this by absolute panels. But it's going to be out the back. Well, a horse like Double Spice, I reckon Neil Bell has got that to improve lengths. Yeah. From, and it's always had a lot of abilities. It, it probably lands on the back of the speed. That could just mean it's it's too far in advance. So I think, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And then usually the Fugazi is Brad Rewilla's wide. So you have Brad Rewilla gone on some sort because it's the pick of the two. Or have they put maybe the better sit and sprint jockey, pending who you ask after what race, um, <laughs> on to the, the Fugazi. So, yeah, it's just at, at 6.50, Brad put up, yeah, that was a bet at yeah. the 6.50. But at the 4.60 I'm looking at here, it's sort of like, well, that's, you know, I'm about four bucks a Fugazi. So it sort of lost its um, it's lost its appeal to some degree. So some sort is now with the Don't game. Don't like Crystal Dane, though. It's, it's favourite. It's, I'm happy to take it on. Some sort's the uh, the new acquisition from the Gan Jimmy Racing Stables, formerly of... Adam Durant stables, uh, its best is really good, but it hasn't been at its best for quite a while. Let's have a look at the ownership here. Yeah. D, mm. D Cripps, D Hollingworth, and A Walker. Some big names Friends there. of the show, yeah. yeah they like a bit first up, those lads, I reckon. Yeah, so, yeah, like what can the Gang Jamies do to get some sort back on track? Um, was a freewheeling sort of on-speed, pretty handy three. I racked up, um, racked up some really good performances back in um back in its younger years but sort of lost its way for one reason or another and now the game jamie's got a chance to reinvigorate its career the fugazi resuming we got mr causeway coming to town with uh, for roy rogers and william pike crystal dane is flying for the new stable down luciani enjoying being ridden for speed um but uh like i'm like what Terry said, double spice is absolutely humming down in Esperance. Uh, always looked like it was going to be a Saturday horse when trained by Stephen Miller. Has been sent to Esperance for a change of scenery. He's gone bang, bang with weight and fast times. Comes to Perth uh, in form with acclaim. Lacta, I reckon with the scratchings, it's probably going to land in a good spot behind the leaders as well. And uh, I'm pretty confident that double spice can come to town and keep that momentum going and um, knock off some of the first uppers. His horses travel well. Every time he brings King's Authority to town, it always runs better than it does at Esperance Hall, Cavalry. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he travels them very well. But, I mean, he, he just the only thing is I want to say, do you want to take – What price is equal three ninety. Yeah. Like, I don't know whether you just want to – he's got to bring it to town. I said he's only had two Ascot winners his career. Um, Neil Dallas, so you've got a. And I know I said they travel well, but they always run good races yeah, above yeah, there. Yeah. Like King's Authority Sometimes, always runs yeah. above its SP. He's the yeah. boy and always ran above its SP. Um. Yeah, I don't know what price have you got. It? I was three fifty. 
Okay. Yeah. Got a favourite? Favourite, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's going um just going very good. What price were you, Crystal Dane? I was um I was three eighty the Fagazi, four fifty double spice. I could have been shorter there. Um seven dollars crystal dame purely because mm-hmm. I well the, my worry was that some sort of kicks up and you got a breeze. I, yeah. I think it's just such a harder race when you got a when you got a breeze. Um Mr. Causeway, where does he end up? Ah, uh, trouble. I, I, he was on, so that Albany race last time, the rail was the best spot by panels. Yeah. I know Roy actually really likes him on. The reason he wanted to go the other way with Halatorian, even though it was the obvious move, is because he really likes Mr. Causeway today. Um, it's unlike Roy to really like one as well. Um, but I, uh, yeah, that rail was really good and that was the spot he was and he sort of just sort of fell in a bit. So um, coming to town, if he beats me, he beats me. I'm, I'm really happy copying that. But uh, yeah, I had the top five and then a massive gap to the rest of yeah yeah okay so that is the uh, preview done for uh city blast stakes day we'll take a break and we'll come back with our best maddies and lays all right we're back with our betfair best betting propositions of the day lucky taylor our guest what have you got for us mate betfair best for me beads get it early hopefully oh beads the old abs um my best was actually going to be my baby blue jean but as it's been alluded to. I've, I've cracked it watching the past shorten before I've managed to get any on. Imagine going up 550. Come on, Brad. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to be boring with my best and just say Miss Kentucky. It's above my price still. Yeah, Miss Kentucky. But I'm going to wait and hope that Clairvoyance yes. stays firm. Yes. Miss Kentucky with a three in front of it on the Betfair exchange would be oh, would be nice. That would, would be nice. would be very nice. Yeah. So we can only pray. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it... I do am kind of compelled to go again with Trade War, but that'll be, again, we spoke about that race. It was an interesting race with Fanta Trade War and then the way that the track's playing. But from a um, Miss Kentucky is basically could be the same price as Trade War and we know what Miss Kentucky can do and she's not really dependent on Patton. So she'll, uh, she's my bet fair best. What is your Maddie for Saturday? Lockie, remembering that Maddies are, uh, we hope for anyway, 20 to 1 or... $21. Oh, I'm pretty confident it'll be more than that by the time they go around. Uh, brother Paddy in oh, race number four. BP. Goes well fresh, doesn't it? Off little breaks. Paddy. Memory. Paddy. Well, I think you're off there because he's first up for No, Duckett. but off a weird little freshen up. That's what I was just trying to look at just then and I couldn't. Yeah. Because that's because you don't have a computer in front of you. I had a phone. I reckon there'll be a special of Albany, by the way, though. That might make that my best, but I can't. Uh, <laughs> you can't tip that right now. Uh, Brother Paddy, so off hey, last. T- hey, Terry, the markets have just gone up for Albany. Campaign. <laughs> <laughs> last campaign. Well, it doesn't matter. I can't bet till His tummy's already on the floor. He can't spit it back out. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's already bloody dust and dirt all over my dummy. Uh, it's <laughs> off, 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 off. Um... Idea. Come on, give me a 50 plus days. Oh, where have I come up with this from? Of 32 days at one at Northern, 2200 back to the 1400. That's probably the one I was thinking of. We're just top of the head. Okay, let's do that. days. pretty much just made it up, so I don't know why we're bothering to look. Brother Patty? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Madness from you, Guru. Uh, well, I couldn't. There's nothing I'll even mention that's above 20 bucks. I'll go with Sluice Box. It might get out to $20 anyway. That's a bunched field. I, I genuinely believe it could win the race. So I'm going the same race. Mm-hmm. Going the same race. I'm going to have to fudge mine as well. Uh, overthought. 
Yeah. Currently eighteen dollars. I reckon this mare's just just really building into I reckon this is her prep. So well that fifth behind Billy Ansley first up, like she was hundred one. Um, was excellent. So it's exceeded market expectations. So I think Oda thought. And she run. wins. She wins at a price as well. Yeah. So she's one of those, if you just took that last run in isolation, um, sentimental queen versus overthought, then you go, overthought's got the better barrier this time yeah. around. You'd say, well, it should be the same price. But that's obviously too thin to look at it. But that's a good uh, a good one. Lockie, uh, you lay. Yeah, Lockie. Lockie's lay. Fashion queen in race number five. Fashion queen. Okay. Bernard. Uh, Acro. Acro Manchela in race seven. Yeah, that's a good one. It's laying one at seven dollars, BJ. That's brave. Oh, is it seven dollars now? No, Shit. is it really? Yeah, it's about well, oh. six fifty at least. No, yeah, you're seven, right. Six fifty-seven. Wow. Hang on, B. Hang I just on. had it in my head that it was favourite. Okay, and I'm going to lay in the same race. Uh, Highway Glory, <laughs> <laughs> Cramden. Ah, <laughs> uh, dearie me. Um, I'm going to do what I did fortnight ago. We'll lay Clairvoyance to place again. Um, it's funny. It's funny. And um, this isn't a knock on clairvoyance. I just think from the breeze, it's so hard. Well, clearly it's a knock on clairvoyance. But um, if no Kenny Luck was in the race, I would have considered it. I thought it was really good. Um, she was really good first up. I just think from the breeze, 1,200. Tough. And again, she's $1.40 a hole. That's that's very thin. So gun to your head. Question for both of you. Gun to your head. You get a uh, thousand bucks if you, you get to choose place or not place. Miss uh, clairvoyance, would you take place or no place? That's just even money. Yeah, even money. Place. Place, BJ? Place. Okay, you're both wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised by it. I thought Lockie would get no place. No. Okay. Interesting watch. Mm. All right. Well, uh, don't forget we're off to event number three on Sunday for the yes. Own the Dream at the Pinjarra Races this Sunday, Terry. So we'll report back on that on next week's edition. We've got a guest next week. Yeah, so we've got uh, Cripper in next week for the what what is should be a bumper Pinjarra mm. Magic Millions Day card. You'll be there, Lockie, working on course, I presume? Yes, Wonderful. I won't be there this Sunday. Yep. But I'll be following on course. Saturday, yes, yes following there. Saturday. And you, Jig, what do you just drive, drive yourself there and back, do you? Yeah, I think. Some peasants for a beer later. Yeah, some peasants have already locked me in to be their Deso yeah. driver. So yeah. yeah, a bunch of us are going down. So I have to take up a little venue post somewhere in Perth. Celebrate Halatorian's back to back to back to back wins after his Four trial this week. <laughs> yeah, I'm not having a bet this way. Sooked it, Lachlan. And then the following week, we're going to have Tommy Johnston uh, on the podcast. It's the week before the sales. Tommy works at the sales. Tommy's obviously someone's got a keen interest in getting his own bloodstock business uh, happening as well. So Part of the Young, um, Gun, young Gun Series. Young Gun Series, exactly right. Uh, we could even, I haven't spoken to him about it, we could even go a four-manner and get Latham as well because we're due to get Latham back on. Um, podcast as well so more to be uh, yeah, more to come in that sense and we, and, we, and we need someone to take down Toby Dunn as exactly well, right the yeah. put the call out for someone to take down um, Toby Dunn he's only got two more till he reaches his five so uh, Lockie couldn't couldn't do it no he stopped couldn't. it a bit like Fraser the hay train stopped it the, the, the four banger well it's, it's a bit Jay hard when you doctor the quiz <laughs> and tell my sister the questions beforehand <laughs> Okay, that's uh, a little bit saltier. There's not much pepper at this table, is there, Lachlan? But uh, a bit coming up in the next two weeks. Thoroughly uh, looking forward to that Pinjarra meeting next week. I'm diving the episode 113 with a bit more spring in one step, I'd suggest. But until next week, one one.